1: So uh, Joe Biden has rejected a meeting with Democrats who are concerned over what's happening on the border. At the same time, we've got news that CBP apprehended an actual terrorist uh, suspect and released him. And now we've got uh, information that ICE has arrested the individual, but it's kind of insane that that could even happen. How is it happening? Well, we've got a viral video where it appears it's being reported the federal government has deployed a backloader to lift up razor wire to allow illegal immigrants to flood into the southern border. And it's just insult to injury. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk a lot about that. Plus, we got a bunch of other stories. It's Friday. We're chilling. We're just going to jump into it. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to one of our members, FoxGloveAndAssociates.com. This is a member of Timcast. And on Fridays, we shout out our members. If you want these uh, awesome leather products, beautifully made. Look at this expedition gear. We've got these nice little bags, pouches. Look at this. This guy is very dapper. Head over to Fox Glove and Associates. Check out their products and support businesses that agree with and support your values. That's what it's all about. So uh, shout out to Fox Gloves and Associates. Actually, I think I got to put the link in the description. I'll get that in there in a second. But uh, shout out to our members. Every Friday, we uh, we'll, we just shout out. Uh, uh, we get one of the members and we say like, here's their website because you guys support us. We support you. So uh, don't forget to also head over to TimCast.com. Click join us. Become a member to support our work directly if you like what we do. There's no members only on Censored Show tonight, but those are typically Monday through Thursday. You don't want to miss it. You can call in and talk to us on our guests. but it's Friday. So we're going to be chilling tonight, talking about, uh, you know, just all sorts of stuff. So smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about all of this and a whole lot more is Dave DeCamp.
2: Tim, thanks for having me. My name is Dave DeCamp. I'm the news editor of Antiwar.com. That's where you can find all my writing. I also host the daily podcast called Anti-War News with Dave DeCamp. It's basically 25 minute uh, rundown of all the top foreign policy stories of the day from our anti-war, non-interventionist perspective. Uh, I got a YouTube channel, it's called Anti-War News. Go over there and subscribe. And uh, yeah, that's all my work and all aid to Israel. Well, right on. Figured I'd throw that in there.
1: Throw it in there. (laughs) Fair enough.
3: I am uh, Phil Labonte, a very failed singer of All That Remains, anti-communist and uh, counter-revolutionary. I'm Ian
4: Crossland. Hello, everyone. And I want to give a special shout out to Gamer Maids, the newest show on the Timcast Network. I popped in and played some uh, party animals, Animal Party. I think it's called Animal Party earlier with uh, Chris, Sarah, and Charles. It was high high impact, high energy. Go check it out, Gamer Maids, on YouTube and give it a subscribe. Okay, hold on.
1: Gamer, you know. Gamer and maids, as in people who clean your That's house. That's why I said gamer maids. Right, yeah, game. I just wanted to spell it for people who are wondering what the
4: URL might be. Gamer maids. Gamer maids.
0: Gamer maids. Check it out.
1: uh I sure will check out gamer maids. Love it. Yeah, you're gonna G- love it. More gamer maids. Sounds good. uh Yeah, I'm surge.com guys. I just, just gotta started. say, like you know, branding is supposed to be memorable and easy to convey. And just how this got approved—it's entirely. I wanted to family. chat and
3: I was like, "Where are the mermaids?" <laughs> this is this it's is an adult like show, mind. so I, all right. No, this is not an adult show. This is a family show, so I don't want to talk about what I'm thinking with that. that well, that it's so fun.
1: Surges here. Are we going to jump into the news then? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> all right. Here's here's the story, but it's not the story. The story is this: Biden declines meeting with Dem mayors, demanding action on border crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Biden doesn't care. Let me give you the actual story. Here's a video. Texas installed a border fence to keep illegal migrants out the federal government came in and lifted it to allow hundreds of illegal immigrants to pour in it's, they say it's not a crisis it's an invasion can I get this uh, video there you go I, I am I am I, this th- is like this is crazy it's a is when did this happen let me turn that down so th- this is just first let me just let me just say this is clearly a video that appears to be Eagle Pass. I'm not entirely sh- sure we 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 are not we don't have the exact location or whatever confirmed. But you clearly have CBP trucks there and a backloader lifting up the razor wire, allowing this
3: is hundreds of people. What in the actual hell? Like, That's how easy, right? It is mind blowing that the federal government is lifting up, breaking the law, lifting like not only do they not enforce the law, but they're breaking the law, aiding and abetting people that are breaking
1: the law this is mind-blowing i just want to stress this once again and you know we'll definitely tie in aid to israel with it all too the federal government hates you they are taking your money and your savings they are spending it on money to blow up kids Mm -hmm. and they are spending it to facilitate criminal activities in this country when okay i just what would you call it if members of your own of, of individuals in your own government are giving resources and material aid to people who are not citizens in order for those people to break the laws of your country. Yeah, I think that's treason. It might be treason, but they're not. We're not at war with these people, so maybe not. But once again, to bundle all, bundle all of it up together just to make it, we'll make it anti-war too. <laughs> yeah, we, we're they not taking care of us. Mm-hmm. If you're on the left, ask yourself why you don't have health care. OK, if you're on the right, ask why it is your savings is your your buying power continually goes down. It doesn't matter who you are or what you want. We can all agree. The first step is these people need to be stopped. But we this need is to treason- get, get them out of government. We need to we need we need law enforcement to stop people who are committing crimes. This is like. Okay, treason, and I don't have the whole definition
4: of the word treason, but it's the crime of attacking a state authority to which one owes allegiance. The federal government owes its allegiance to the state of Texas. It owes its allegiance to every state in the union. And if it's violating Texas law to incite criminals, uh, that's treasonous, in my opinion. That's just a sentence
2: of it. I don't know. Do do we know anything more about this? Like when this this happened or who exactly these people are?
1: So this has been ongoing. There was actually the bigger story was that CBP was snipping the razor wire. Yeah, I remember that. And this is a component of that. Okay. So I'm assuming this video is probably recent considering this whole Eagle Pass thing has, has been going on in the past several weeks. Mm.
2: But And then is there ever any explanation? Like, Because I, I remember seeing the snipping. H- have they ever said anything yeah, about that? Yeah,
1: they, they, they claim that they're legally obligated to allow people into the country to apply for asylum or something like that. Wow. But here's the issue. If they're here, mm-hmm. allowing them... The, the argument is once they cross the middle of the river, now that they're in America, they can't be deported. And I'm just like... Yeah, I don't buy it because I think it was Texas that put the buoy, a uh, barrier in the water, and they came and said, "You got to get that out now." It's like, well, well, hold on. When you put it in the water, you say, "Nope, it has to go." When you put it on land, you say, "Oh, well, they're already here."
4: Mm. We is this confirmed that this is actually, this is exactly what we
1: think it is because I've seen I see mean, a lot of fake videos these days. Fair point, but I mean, this is this is a CBB truck. Okay, so this is uh. Auden B. Cabello, citizen journalist, document the documented migrant journey, and he says Eagle Pass, Texas. Texas state versus federal battle continues. This time with forklifts. This is November second. La- last week, the federal government used a forklift to raise wire and let 300 migrants in. So I don't believe it's a forklift. I believe it's a, I believe it's a backloader. I could be wrong. Mm.
2: I remember I saw a video recently of people like putting cardboard and stuff under the barbed wire, crawling, and then they actually made them turn around and go back. Wow. But that, again, that was just kind of a random video on Twitter. There's so another there's, it, there's another
1: video where Border Patrol opens the gate at the bollard fencing and lets people in. And they're just like, and I'm, yeah. I'm just like, what? This is why they got so mad when Trump said, build a wall. They before Before Trump said, we're going to go ham on the border, these people were just coming across. And what was happening is really interesting. They weren't reporting apprehensions because there weren't any. So when they say there were only 50,000 apprehensions, immigration was low. No, it was probably 550,000 illegal crossings and only 50,000 actually apprehended. When Donald Trump started apprehending apprehension skyrocketed and they said, see, it's getting worse under Trump. Now we can see what's going on. You're right. They're not being apprehended. They're being welcomed in. And we do know the Biden administration was trafficking children. I want to stress this statement of fact. The Biden administration statement of absolute fact trafficked migrant children have a nice day
2: they're helping blow up children in gaza right now too
1: <laughs> that's fair and they're also blowing up children in many other countries yeah that's right. <laughs> let's let's we i'm not biased we can't be biased about one yeah i mean uh yemen secret mm. war in yemen i mean that's been ongoing for a really long time but i guess uh who is just saying that the, the crisis has only just ended Probably because the U.S. is shifting all of its resources. to oh, in, in uh, Yemen?
2: Yeah. Well, there's been a ceasefire between the Houthis, who control most of North Yemen, and the Saudis, who the U.S. was backing in that war, which was a very brutal war. There's been a ceasefire that held since April 2022 relatively well. There hasn't been any airstrikes. There's been fighting at the border. But now you have the Houthis firing missiles at Israel, and things could get, you know, it puts the Saudis in a Dave spot. Uh-huh. I, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> we should
1: not be funding it. Y- you're right. We should not be involved we in this We shouldn't stuff.
2: be, but we are. I know. That's the thing. That's why we so, do need to care. No, Because no, right, to the right. Houthis, because you might not care, not many people are aware, but if you read Houthi media, every attack, every bombing, every shelling is not just the Saudis doing it. They call it U.S. Saudi yep. aggression. So, uh, but I'll
1: clarify. I'm kind of being a dick. I, yeah. of course, care about war. I don't, want, I don't want it to happen, but I think the U.S. makes it worse. You're right. And then and, they're spending my money to make it worse. And we had this, con- we had an excellent, amazing conversation this morning with uh, Stephen Marsh on the culture war. And uh, we were basically just like, the, the what what Stephen said something like the U.S., if you're going to go up against the U.S. military, you're in trouble. And I'm like, why? They lose every war, but they win the engagements. That's a horrifying thing to say. The U.S. can actually blow you up successfully, but they can't maintain mm. control. They
2: it just falls apart. They don't
4: have like war goals. I haven't seen like a legitimate war goal from the United States government. They just
2: want to keep the wars going.
4: Since like. World War II. Mm-hmm. I mean, there hasn't been a war, legal war in the United States since World War II. I have, none of them declare declared Vietnam. I don't know what the purpose of that war was. They never really, if that, that was conflict, that? Vietnam, was it to get oil? They yeah. never really say no, it was to no. stop uh,
2: communism. Uh, we we uh, said Vegas. it was containment. Yeah. Uh, so sensibly, vague. It, was to
3: contain, it was to contain.
1: Instacart shoppers, no groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock hard avocados.
3: communism because con- they were they were considered it the domino theory which was as countries fell to communism more countries would fall but to the, that's like
4: a never-ending thing well, so that's not really a war goal well, it's yeah. ended
3: kind of it was now.
1: it was it was a proxy war with with the soviets mm. and yeah. the, i think they were the trying Chinese. to get
4: malaysian oil and they just haven't never known no no to tell no, no, no listen well they no, won't comments, say that out loud ian it, have, it a was a lot of malaysian oil it, they tried it to was it there the was
1: world it, war one world war two and the cold war were all basically the same thing like obviously the very Right. So the so Vietnam is a component of the U.S. was at war with the Soviets, but we were all scared if we engage in direct conflict, nuclear weapons will fly. So we did these. We're, we're in with we war in Vietnam. And it, it was really Soviet mm-hmm. and communist Chinese interests.
2: Well, you see what they're doing in Ukraine. They, they use the same justification. The claim is that if Putin isn't stopped in Ukraine, he's going to roll into Eastern Europe. But that's just complete nonsense. Yeah, nonsense There's, doesn't even come. You got you to do the narrator <laughs> meme. He would not. Yeah. He would. Not. But you know, John Mearsheimer, he's the international relations professor, the realist guy. Uh, his lectures, you know, really popular on YouTube. He talks, he was always warning for years and years that the U.S. and the West was going to provoke a war in Ukraine. He always says that before 2014, the coup in Kiev and the civil war in the Donbass and Russia annexing Crimea, he said before that, they never said Putin was, you know, trying to go into Europe that was never a talking point then all of a sudden he became this guy who wanted to reinstate the Russian empire and you know roll into Poland but it's just a nonsense yep. talking point yeah. Putin i
4: think of um, 3 or 4 weeks ago maybe a month and a half ago was like the collective west has lost its mind or the west has lost its collective mind it was just a hilarious statement <laughs> he's just looking at it like what in the
1: hell he's, is he doing he's right i don't think he's a good guy but he's right <sighs> i'm I, I, it's so weird like oh geez. dude we uh, how we, do we strip this apart the, the 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 bifurcation in american politics is is just so insane the uh, the the there's no unification on on what this country should be doing there are people who are holding on to the last vestiges of the american constitutional republic there's a lot of them but then i think the average run-of-the-mill person doesn't know or care and then the left is actually actively seeking to subvert i think what we're seeing with the uh We talked about this this morning again uh, you know, Stephen mentioned that the United States was born of rebels and that rebel mentality exists within our documents. Our documents were written by rebels and we maintain that even to the Civil War. It all makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and then Phil brought up exactly what the government is doing. I said they're trying to stamp out the rebel spirit, which is a component of why they're like get as many non rebellious people to come into the United States. And that will start to erode
3: our ideals. That's part of the thing. One of the things that I'm concerned about with uh, not just with CBDCs, like central bank digital mm-hmm. currencies, but also with the idea of um, basic minimum, uh, basic living, Uni- and, universal basic yeah, income, UBI. UBI. Um, when people are are on the government payroll, the, and everyone is on the government payroll, that really is going to make people completely subservient. Now there's still people that are like, I don't need the government, I don't want to deal with the government, all I want to do is live my life in a way that is as independent as possible. If you have a CBDC, definitely, if you have some kind of UBI, there's gonna be so many people that are just completely and totally dependent on the government more so than now now most people in urban areas most people in cities are are on some level dependent on the government even if it's dependent on the government to make sure that they can get out of their driveway if it snows or you know to make sure that they have water and 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 sewage plumbing and stuff like that um but if you have people that are getting a ubi everything is going to be dependent on the government everything but you all of their income all of, that means that you're dependent on the government to eat but it
1: realistically the moment a ubi goes into effect the economy spirals out of control and within a month there's no economy at all
4: i i strongly no one's agree. yeah i just saw that uh we what do we print a trillion dollars in the last three
1: months a trillion yeah it's crazy i think it took 250 years to get to the first trillion and what what was 200- it uh 80% is just specifically for Zelensky himself, personally. Just,
2: <laughs> just going bought in Bought him body. a big mansion to, and a big boat. To feed his cat. To yeah. his cat. <laughs> Biden's asking for $105 billion to fund the war in Ukraine, the war in Gaza, to give military aid to Taiwan so they could work on provoking another war in Southeast Asia. Which, and, and there is some for border security like, to entice the Republicans, but right. it's just an insane amount of money, $105 but, billion. But I love this. Biden's like, we need money for Ukraine and, and and
1: Israel and Taiwan and the border.
2: Yeah, and yeah, the border.
1: Yeah. And the Republicans are like border, border.
4: Can I go to <laughs> my kitchen and say
1: Omnibus. <laughs> I'm
4: looking at the U.S. Taiwan, national debt
1: clock. Oh, we gonna say I was gonna say Taiwan's the crazy thing because I don't know how the U.S. maintains a conflict with a mm-hmm. with an island 90 miles off the coast of mainland China. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> I, don't I, know what you I do, I've, man.
3: I've heard rumors that there are uh, that the United States has. Uh, special forces there.
1: Yeah, in, we have a few hundred. Yeah, they yep.
2: recently sent a few hundred troops to Taiwan. It's really the highest troop level since the US and China normalized relations because part of that deal was for the US to pull its troops out and its mutual defense treaty with Taiwan and eventually stop selling them weapons. But the way they made that commitment was so vague that they'll tell you they can interpret it in 12 different ways. But a big part of it was pulling the troops out. And recently the US sent about one to 200 troops, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're China, you know, it's very provocative to China. And um, you mentioned uh, well, sustaining uh, a war. Go, yeah, go real ahead. quick,
1: make a point. Imagine if China stationed 100 troops in Cuba.
2: Yeah.
3: China has has actual police forces inside the United <laughs> That's States. That's a good point. What, I mean, like, <laughs> actual pol- like, they're <laughs> not policing um, regular Americans, but they're policing Chinese
2: Americans. Yeah, as so as, what's uh, the story with that? Because I've heard There are about actual... That. Like there are, I think them calling it police stations is a pretty... Uh, like, dramatic way it's, to describe it. it. It's, a, it's, a, it's it's
1: Chinese law enforcement operating uh-huh. out of the United States with offices to go to Chinese citizens living in the United States and arrest them for crimes against from, China. From
2: what I understand, that's not what it is. I, again, this is something I don't really know about. The but FBI I, said,
1: thought it was. okay. I'm not a big fan of the FBI. The FBI, FBI says so. a lot of things. Right, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> from what I understand, they have these kind of, like, uh, offices where they, that are, you know... Uh, on paper, you know they they say that they're there to help Chinese uh, Americans like with certain documents and stuff. And then they might be going after dissidents through those offices, yeah, which a lot of countries do. I mean, India might have killed a Sikh in Canada. You know, if that was China that killed a Uyghur in Canada, we would be talking about that every day. Yeah. But India kind of, you know, the U.S. is looking at India as this new partner in containing I, China. This is from new York, know,
4: new York. New York Post I, I, says that they've opened four police stations, Chinese, in North America. Three of them are in Toronto. One's in New York City.
1: But you, I I know they but do. that. What, is, what does that mean, a, a police a station? Lot. W- w- the, to, to target Chinese Americans mm. for, for it's, infractions.
4: Who knows? So maybe one but thing I, on paper and but another I, thing. But
1: I want to stress this. I think it's fair to say that there's definitely a a very warped perspective on what China is like from for Americans. Yeah, And I think uh, we, we often get people saying, like, get on, you know, uh, Laowai or Saw to come on and talk about China. You go to a Chinese city and you're going to go to pizza and you're going to have a slice of pizza. Like these things exist. There There's competing interest and power at play. And there's no saints. There's no saints and there's yep. no saviors. I get the I vibe. Been that,
2: I've been to Shanghai. It was uh Did you have the hot awesome. did you
1: stuff get the stuffed crust with the hot dog in it? No. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. You go to China and this is what concerns me. You go to pizza I think it's pizza and they will stuff make a make they they will stuff your crust with anything, including I, hot dogs I get the wow. vibe that
4: they're it way actually more sounds good. Uh, they're way more <laughs> allied and aligned with the United States than like the, the, uh, the Iranians, like the Chinese, are severely oligarchic businessmen. They don't want conflict or war, destruction. They want to improve, you, you, improve, improve, and they're willing. To bu- they want to buy us out. Mm-hmm. If anything,
1: that you are correct. The Chinese try to cut deals with American politicians to gain power. They want to buy yeah. land. They want to use soft power to expand. Whereas Iran, very different.
4: And I'm yeah. using Iran as an example, but the people that have been heavily radicalized in the Middle East for all these bombings and things. Well, like-
3: the people that have been ra- heavily radicalized in the Middle East are radicalized for multiple different reasons. The Chinese, like like Tim said, it's, it's all soft power, but they still want to be able to influence and they want to be, you know, they're using soft power, but it is to have the United States have policies that benefit China, whether they be indirectly or directly benefiting China, you know? but
2: yeah. um but china i mean china the really scary thing about taiwan so you mentioned sustaining a war right off china's coast if you look at the think tanks that have been putting out these war games and about what a battle would be like the first battle over taiwan like the first few weeks and they never consider nuclear escalation so this is the really scary part about china is that our pentagon our military leaders you hear them say they're openly planning for a direct war with china they're saying they're trying yep. to deter war but if it happens they're going to take them head on they have nukes but anyway, with the war games, they again, they don't take into account nuclear escalation. But besides that, in the first few weeks, a naval battle over Taiwan, thousands and thousands of American sailors will be killed. Scott Horton recently just interviewed Lyle Goldstein. He worked at the Naval War College for 20 years. He speaks Chinese. He's an expert on this. He was saying he thinks tens of thousands of American, sa- American sailors would be killed in the first few weeks. Well,
1: there, there was a we talked about this, I think, the other day, that, the, that China does a war game and in every single scenario, a U.S. carrier gets sunk. Yeah, like, if you have boats on same the surface, with our war games. <laughs> yeah.
2: it's really the same result. It's we
1: got we to we do like a, like a war game, like a D&D style mm. war game. That'd be fun. That'd be we really should, cool. Oh, we talked about doing this. We should do two. We, we should do World War III and and Civil War and do like a two hour long D&D session style thing. Yeah, there was. A,
2: there's that does sound fun. I, yeah,
1: these boats. We should bring uh, you and Scott, and you guys can we'll be, be like, no, guys, no, get, you'll be the Everybody neocons. Get along, man. You no, know, you know, you're you're gonna role <laughs> play as the <laughs> neocons.
2: Okay, yeah, that sounds fun. I it? think
1: you know them well enough, and you're gonna be like, war. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. Scott's gonna be like, I'm John Bolton.
4: <laughs> there's like a World War Three RPG, like 2020 <laughs> or something, 2030. I don't know. They had. I used to play it in the 90s, or we had the book. But the, see, boats. Boats are like so vulnerable to hypersonic yeah. missiles now, especially close
3: boats that are close to the Chinese land like they're sitting targets and that's hey, what
2: China's been preparing for is a war right there someone you know, just sent,
3: like someone just sent me a, a um, an email or tweeted tweeted at me there's an injunction uh, the state of Texas got an injunction on the federal government for when? what they were doing yeah. uh, it says the date on it is one second uh filed 102723
1: so that this this they said was from last week it's possible that this video is from before.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. This is probably what caused the injunction, caused them to, right. get the, to, to seek the injunction. so Wait, apparently,
2: so to the state of Texas?
3: The state of Texas got an injunction on the federal government to get them to stop basically knocking down the borders yeah, so that, that way crazy illegal up. immigrants can come into the country. <laughs> Maybe not treason, but they're definitely attacking state authority by going it's into not Texas that. and they're messing them They're aiding and
1: abetting people who are, who are not citizens who are committing crimes against our nation. Yeah,
3: because technically the feds are supposed to take care of the borders. Right, like not the state of Texas, because yep. it's an international border. So the federal government has jurisdiction, and they're totally abdicating their their authority. Or their, not, their, not only their ad, ad uh, what do you say abdicating. abdicating it, but also violating
4: it. Well, yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. they're not doing their job, is and they're making it worse too. It's not that they're just not there; it's that they're in there cutting the barbed wires and letting people in. Yeah. It's crazy. So my apologies. I pulled up the U.S. National Debt Clock a little while ago. If you haven't been to usdebtclock.org, pull it up in a different tab. We're printing $100,000 every three seconds of debt.
3: $100,000 every three seconds. It's probably going to be- a million cool. dollars every 30 seconds. Two, $2 million, million dollars a minute. Probably going to be a quintillion dollars in our lifetime.
2: Mm. I love how Thomas Massey wears the pin. The yeah, honest- it actively calculates yeah, the national debt. He just gave one debt. to Ron Paul. It made me very happy. Um, I love so, that guy, Thomas Massey. Yeah, one but people But
1: people don't understand what this means because they're like, what does that mean? I don't, I don't know anything about that. Like, I have my money. It means that right now, you want to buy a house? You're not going to be able to. It means that your milk that you buy today is going to cost twice as much tomorrow. That's, That's if it nothing
4: means. changes if we're on this stay on this track forever. We can alter our our gross domestic production capacity by pivoting to hydrogen fuel. I actually oh, talked with James wow. Tour today.
1: Look at this right. currents. Okay, so the current US uh, money supply is 20.6 trillion US uh, Treasury dollars is 1.5 trillion and the currency and credit derivatives is six hundred and thirty-four trillion. Wait no 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 is that yeah trillion dollars <laughs> damn like,
3: six hundred 600 trillion
1: uh yeah trillion
3: step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you wanna get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chompakasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot someday I will call upon you to do a service for me play the Godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to
2: the family
1: VGW group no purchase necessary avoid' prohibited by law. see terms and conditions 18 plus
2: well when you hear numbers like that it's just like what it you know it's like what does that even mean <laughs> the <laughs> only
3: the only time that anyone has ever used those numbers outside of the national debt is in like physics <laughs> yeah. when you're talking about the numbers of like particles in the universe you know it's like it it takes that kind of like that something that massive otherwise these n- numbers are completely and totally f- impractical the human mind can't even comprehend it and it's the rate of change that's also where mm-hmm. it becomes highly
1: holy you guys ready for this yeah the u.s federal debt to gdp ratio was 124.43 percent <sighs> Wow. In 1980, it was 34. Remember, remember 1980? I wasn't mm-hmm. alive. I but we all vaguely. know about the uh, Jimmy Carter era. And
4: John Lennon, John Lennon died. Yes. in December of 1980. My mother. What died did you say it was bed. in
1: well, 1980? The the 34.7. Uh, oh, okay. And that, this is this is I believe 80 was Carter, right? Yeah. Mm.
3: Well, or it, it, was that
1: that's when he was he was getting out?
3: Yeah, Reagan was elected in in 80. Right. Or 79, and then was put in office in the 80s so, in 80 or something like that. Or I'm it's 80 sure. to 81, I think. Maybe, yeah.
4: And, you know, I can't verify that this website's actually legit either. I never have been able to verify debt? it. But the debt? I'm, debt I'm, yeah. yeah, This yeah, is all public
1: data, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, the, I remember it was a big deal because one day it put, like, Jesus Christ is Lord on the on the front page. You had to, like, exit out to see. And people, people were like, wow, like, conservatives were all like, whoa, holy crap, because this is, like, a big website.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Something like that happened. It was recently, I think. Look at this. The interest on the debt, 676 billion dollars. That's not even is that, that a lot? much.
2: Man. Is that a lot of money?
1: I thought it was going to be way on more debt. than that. The interest on the debt is going up. That's, I've this always is, considered. No, I think this is specifically for, um, the interest on in the debt is for Medicare, Social Security, and Defense. Wow. But the, the issue is that's, that's not the debt. That's the interest on top. It's going up. We, we're not paying that down. As Ian often brings us up, if the interest keeps going up, you can't pay back more interest by taking another loan to pay back.
2: You get more interest.
4: Yep. We need to increase the value of our dollar is what we need to do worldwide. Gold
2: gold standard. Yeah. Or
4: I'm big into hydrogen fuel and because if we can start producing things that are value or and graphene, because if Mm -hmm. we can start producing things that we can sell around the world, graphene's like sixty thousand dollars a ton and they are just churning it out at Rice University right now. You
1: know, what's what is that stuff? That like blue crab blood or whatever, you know what I'm talking about?
2: Blue crude.
1: is that what they call it it's the the horseshoe crab like the most expensive material in the world or something i'm
2: from i'm from long island Island, and we just had the every once in a while some random like horseshoe crab genocide would happen or something (laughs) and they'd just be all over the beach and i always hear that it's worth their it's like worth money their blood and i'm like man i should have been collecting their blood when i was a kid those are like the blue
1: (laughs) blue horseshoe crabs or whatever and they like hook them all up to tubes and extract blood slowly and it's like
4: I yeah, don't know crazy. what the deal is, but I've, yeah, seen, I've seen that. That's oh, it's antibacterial, it's valued in the medical industry. But
2: we need, like, when you talk about a dollar, like, I'm a libertarian, so always, we're always talking about the gold standard, but, you know, we could have a different commodity-based dollar. There are different things that can back the dollar.
1: Hey, we can go to 2027, we can go to the future. Based on all these projections, where we'll be? Oh, give it to me. Oh, my God. I love this. this
4: four years from now.
1: Four years from now, the average family is going to have $100,000 in their savings. That is really bad. Well, that is not
4: good. It says today that the average family has 11,000. Yep. And it says it's going to be 10x in four years.
1: And if the uh, the debt to GDP ratio goes from 124%, 124% to 150%, that means the buying, the, just a, a g- general correlation is not perfect, but that 10x increase and how much money you have correlates with like a 12, 12 uh, times decrease in your buying power. Spend
3: your dollars, get rid of them, buy even, like I know that like there's there's people that- That
1: sounds like financial advice, Phil. Oh yeah,
3: well, I'm <laughs> well, not giving you any financial sense. advice. I, mean, kind of. I like to spend dollars and there get things that are valuable. <laughs> I, I know that, that, you know, whether it be Bitcoin or gold or silver or ammo or Property. whatever. Land is great, you know, buy, I think that, you know, I'm going to be buying things that are going to retain value or go up in value. I'm probably not going to be hanging on to very much cash.
4: I like to invest in machines that I can use to increase my income, my
3: profitability, <laughs> things like that. A really good camera, a really good microphone if you use it. I mean, look, I'm not.
1: Assets per citizen, per citizen 1.2 million.
3: I ain't telling you wow. what to do, what? but electronics don't hold their value. Yeah, but it's you use it in the short term to increase productivity sure, essentially sure.
2: i've turned into like a civil war nerd since i moved to virginia because there's like a million battlefields where i live and there's signs everywhere you it's notice really something? cool like yeah.
1: you'll 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 go to a dock for like to launch a fishing boat mm-hmm. and there's like a sign be like this is where this general yeah. killed this general and you're like, i oh, live wow.
2: near petersburg and it was like the, uh, almost a years-long siege around the city so there's battles everywhere but it's got me kind of collecting like old antiques and that's actually a really good investment isn't like really old antiques they just uh, like they, like a like a Charizard, they really go up in value. Um, magic yeah, cards, yeah. I was thinking of that. Or a I used to have so
1: many. The crazy thing is, I think I had probably like five first edition Charizards when I was a kid, and they were like worth a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what happened to them; they're all gone. But now they're worth like ten to yeah. twenty thousand dollars. Have you checked your did attic? Beanie Babies ever get? I have not. An the, I lost ever all of worth my holding old magic on cards. That was brutal one day on a train. I I was we were on a train and I was like I fell asleep, and then oh. they're like, oh we're we're at our stop, get up, and I get up and jump off the train and I go. I turned back and the door closed oh, and I'm like, snap. all of my cards gone. That and sucks. that was probably that's probably hundred grand worth of magic cards gone. Now, yeah, they're really back worth then, that much now. Well, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. But What's but, the- but yeah. because the cards back then were not that not that valuable, but th- we're, we're talking 25, <laughs> 24 years now they're all extremely rare and out of print mm. and more valuable. I wonder what
4: an Alpha Black Lotus is. What one point two million dollars for an Alpha Black Lotus was it like rated ten? Yeah, is nine point five. Yeah. yeah, it's the, it's the most it's, valuable it's, yeah. magic card. One point two million. That thing was like sixty six. Yeah, but you're, you're probably looking at like a special auction years ago. because the, Maybe. Uh,
1: a, a rated eight is one hundred and forty grand. Okay, that's crazy. Wow, one
4: million dollars for a freaking piece of
1: cardboard. It was seven hundred when I was a kid, and we were like, "Wow, seven hundred dollars. That's crazy."
2: Man, wow! What who knows going what's going to be worth that? money? You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's the thing. Do you remember the Beanie Babies? Everybody was like, yeah. "Oh, these are going to be yeah. worth yeah. something worthless. one day," but I don't think they ever were.
1: <laughs> nope. That was that was a tulip thing. That was a Dutch tulip fiasco. Mm. Mm-hmm. But Phil,
2: on. I think a cool thing for you to like spend money on and collect, you could get antique like firearms from like the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. And they look awesome, and you can mount them on your My wall, friend. and they just grow in value. Oh wow! That's an actual Union Civil War rifled musket. Yeah, that's awesome. I have a yeah.
3: breech loader. Uh, I, forget, I forget the that's name of I, it. I, That's what Uh, I need. Breach loader, breach loading rifle from the
2: Civil War. I have a pinfire revolver, uh, which is kind of a rare type. Um, Pinfire, like it had a little pin that stuck out of it, and the hammer would hit the pin, and that's what would fire the shell. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, they didn't really, they weren't around for long, but uh, cavalry officers had them on the Union and Confederate side so it's pretty cool. It's like I got, I bought it for like eight hundred bucks a few years they, ago, and it's just they used, uh, you know, the longer you hold on to it, the more valuable. I I think, yeah.
1: I think the revolvers back then were uh, the, the the more ubiquitous was the percussion cap, and mm. that's so like little metal primer goes in the back of you know each chamber, and then it hits the primer, which ignites the the musket ball or whatever or whatever they were using, yeah, the bullet at the time. I wish I could actually a- We've actually got some actual Civil War bullets because uh, we have a Civil War bayonet somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, we found it on the property. Yeah and it's all wow. rusted and you know and we're just like oh whatever they're, they're they're all over the place
2: yeah That's super cool i've been yeah. metal detected on my property because there's a battle
3: my my. my... I,
1: i'm i'm wondering what relics people will find from the next civil war so they're gonna find you know <laughs> magic cards iPhone, iphone 15 and uh
3: my uh an my buddy watch. back in in new hampshire he he does a lot of metal detecting and he's trying to get into uh off-limit places because you know new england's been around a long time so people have done a lot of hunting and stuff so he's trying to find places where he's not allowed that he can sneak into i think i won't blow him up
4: (laughs) i'm kind of like yeah if we sit around and and just kind of complain for the next six months it could be the end of the world but if we really pioneer new tech like hydrogen tech and really push it really push it we could
1: probably come out of this on top it depends so if what we're facing right now is actually a legitimate threat of World War three, the population decrease from war and from the fact that people don't have kids means what you're hoping for is less likely to occur. Techn- technological expansion typically requires population expansion. Like the, the how many people does it take to make one monitor screen? It's it, probably like 500 different specialties to make one computer monitor. But yeah. because of the international economy and how everything operates, someone gets cobalt here and someone gets, you know, quartz here and someone mines them the oil or, or drills for the oil over here. And then they all go on these different marketplaces. I think a really good example is probably just like pod thai or something. Some like ridiculous dish that has a spice from Asia and a, a vegetable from Mexico. And you're like, this, this unnatural demonic food would never exist were it not for our big oil tankers you know, our big cargo ships yeah. around mm-hmm. the oceans to bring all these ingredients together. That's true. If the population declines too much, you lose specialties, and then you're going to have a guy who's going to be like, look, man, we need someone who can extract hydrogen, but we don't have that anymore. So I can work on that, but then we don't have a guy who handles the plastics. Yeah. We don't have a guy who handles the the, the, the electronics.
2: Wait, Ian, you're worried about, like, the wor- World War III bring, bringing the world to an end, or is there something else you're worried about? Is it World War that's got you nervous? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, for what I do, I basically read the new, you know, all day, every day, I sort through like hundreds of news articles and read about this, uh, you know, war in Ukraine, tensions with China and all that. And I don't like to be hyperbolic in my show and stuff, but I always say, like, if we wake up tomorrow and Russia bombed a NATO base in Poland and we're actually at war with Russia, or if a Chinese ship and an American ship shot at each other in the South China Sea and then a bunch of, it escalated and all of a sudden we're at war with China, you know, don't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised because right. at this state of the world that we're in right now, what they're just pushing everybody all over the planet. It's really, uh, this, de- you know, it is very scary. And again, I don't try to be over hyperbolic, but what they're doing, they're leading us down a path of global war, the likes of which, you know, we've never seen, especially with new technology. And I always I, I, I
1: always, always want to stress too, because especially when we had, uh, you know, I'll, I'll shout it again, Culture War Podcast, you youtube.com slash timcast. Uh, Stephen Marsh and I were talking before the show started cause he was, I showed him the civil war rifle and he was like, what was the first, the first battle? And I was like, uh, bull run Manassas." And he was like, right, right. And they didn't even think it, was, it wasn't even a battle. It was like a street fight. Like nobody knew what was going on. And I'm like, yes, what we consider to be the first battle. I mean, obviously Fort Sumter is the start of it, but that wasn't even a battle. It was like, uh, uh only one guy died and it was an accident. I
2: don't think anybody died.
1: One guy. And it, it was, was one, an accident. It was one death. It was accidental. It was like, uh, I can't remember exactly what happened, but, uh, then you had the, bat- the first battle of Bull Run, and no one thought the fight was actually going to happen. And at the time when it did happen, nobody called it the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Nobody called it the war in the States. It was not a war at all. Now they we look back and say it was. Both sides
2: thought it would be over so quick. So
1: it's possible that in 100 years, they say World War Three started uh, December of 2022. Yeah. It's absolutely. possible they say it started with the, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. The I, US I responded, tend to think of it
4: as 9-11 personally.
1: The U.S. was just stomping on
4: everyone's neck for the first 18 years of it.
1: Yeah, but bro, Mm. the U.S. has been doing that for a lot longer than- But 9-11
4: changed, like lockdown, police state crap, Mm. you know, Patriot Act. People were getting, you know, take your shoes off at the airport kind of crap, looking over your shoulder, afraid of Muslims, like all this dumb-
2: I'll tell you, so just an anecdote about when I went to China, I remember getting in, or I was getting on the plane to fly, I forget where we were flying next. But I was all nervous going through their security. I was like, I'm going to have to take my shoes off. It's China. They're going to really go crazy and pat me down. And I started like taking my belt off. And they were just like, come on, come on through. And they just like hit me with the wand. And I was like, oh, wow. And then when we got back into the U.S., my wife bought like some Hand cream in Australia, and they put it in like a special bag, and they were like, "You can't, you know." They like <laughs> shook her down and like ripped apart all her stuff and said she couldn't bring it in, or if she wanted to, she had to like mail it to. Her. It was crazy. I'm like, this is just the the remnants of of nine eleven of what they did to us after that. It hasn't I, gone away.
3: I mean, the, I don't know if it's the remnants of nine eleven. There, the thing that we're experiencing is not actually about stopping terrorism yeah it's the it's the fact that once you start a government program they never Mm -hmm. go away it's the infrastructure for the tsa that was designed for you know designed initially to stop terrorism
1: never stopped a a thing it's it's an addiction yeah so what happens is the u.s government says we're going to spend a hundred million dollars on war they invest in all these companies the companies build up a big employee base they hire a bunch of people next year comes around and that company goes to Congress and says, are you, are you going to give us that same deal again? And go, well, I don't think we need it. There's no war. And they go, listen, we employ 500 people yep. in your district. And if we don't have this contract, we're firing them. Mm. And we're going to tell them it's because of you. No, no, it, no, 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 no. no. You, you got my vote. You got my vote. Yeah. Yep.
4: So what we got to do is make, Hit music. I'm talking like Marvin Gaye. I've been really. We need to make babies, and we need to inspire people to have sex and have children, (laughs) and that's music. That's like because if we have kids, it's not enough. You need to you need to mass produce love, and we need to make hydrogen fuel and graphene to get out of this steel hellhole that we're in and start making lightweight superconductors conductors conductors locally, really fast and cheaply. I I you know
1: I'm I'm gonna gonna, I gotta stop right here. Ian is completely correct on graphene because steel was such a large component of our industry, of our jobs, of our economy. Uh, the Steelers, Pittsburgh, how much steel is still being made in the US? I do not believe very much, but uh, either way, if we had an industrial revolution on par with uh, uh, you know what it was in the past and we bring back a bunch of jobs, you could have manufacturing plants pop up all over the place. It could revitalize uh, dying towns. It could create new cities and it's it's going to have to be, you know, we, 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 we often do joke about graphene and Ian's uh, fervor, but the reality is it is a bold move to reconfigure an economy towards building a material that can be uh, used to expand and create a bunch of new products. Uh, my favorite example, a lot of the stuff we use plastics, for instance, and I think paper towels, a bunch of stuff were invented uh, for space. So like a lot of the things we use are invented by- Space race. Yeah, the space race. And then it, it's like, oh, this is convenient. People might want to use it. We can't just sit here and be like, let's just keep doing the same thing we've always done. We need to be like, guys, we should be, we're doing, we have the CHIPS Act, we're, we're, we're making silicon yeah. chips in, in Arizona now, or we're starting to, that's great. That's a great idea. We should have, a some in some way, it's gonna require, I, I believe most of the private sector, it's, which, may, which means a cultural shift, Where we get someone who goes, I want to bring together a bunch of financial institutions and invest $100 billion in manufacturing plants for graphene. We're going to employ 5 million people in the United States, and we're going to be exporting a a, a building material and superconductor, which is going to be in, in major demand around the world. That will massively increase. Uh, Benefit the US economy.
4: Yeah, the Department of Defense is working with uh, scientists at Rice University to pump this stuff out. Graphene, I think for every $4.50 of graphene, you get a kilogram of hydrogen fuel. And so they're actually getting, they're making money to produce. Before it was like it cost a dollar, it cost $3 to make a kilogram of hydrogen. Now you're getting $4 and 50 cents to produce a kilogram of hydrogen. It's right in front of us. Mm -hmm. So I interviewed James tour today, the leading chemist, one of the leading chemists on earth that's producing this stuff. It's an hour of us talking about it. He gets really, we, we scratch the surface and do highly, highly uh, influential explanations. Uh, go to my YouTube channel and check it out. It's the first video you'll see. It's James tour. This guy's phenomenal. We're right
3: on the precipice, man. Now we just got to hold it together and inspire people. I'm I'm kind of at a loss at what it is that you think graphene is going to do. You can put it in um, that cement. In in uh, there's a lot of things. And you watch the line, video for if you want to hear what more. What does steel do? Well, steel is used for all kinds of stuff. Like it, it reinforces concrete. You it, can, and, I mean, and graphene does that. You can and put it in concrete. Re- it makes it
4: lighter and more three times more durable.
1: Oh. And it's uh, so we, we so we, we use lithium-ion batteries for our phones. Mm-hmm. They're actually starting to create a, a graphene polymer a, a lith- or lithium graphene batteries. Uh, graphene layer in the battery creates a, a, a um, what's the word? A lattice? A, a unilateral charge. Okay. So it charges from every point all at once, which mm. charges the battery much more quickly. So
3: graphene it conducts electricity. It's well. a
1: superconductor. Okay, right. Yeah. So uh, so whereas a cell phone would take fifteen minutes to charge in the past, it'll now take five. We, I n- we uh, now have the, we we actually bought a bunch of these a year ago, portable batteries. When you plug your phone in, it'll charge your phone from zero to full in ten minutes. Be- uh, uh, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It it can hold a full cell phone charge after only ten or so minutes. Your phone, whether or not you have the graphene polymer batteries or or or, or the graph uh, what is it graphene lithium? I don't I don't know I forgot what it's called. But they're 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 putting them in batteries. They think that this technology in, in electric car batteries means you'll pull your car up to the pump at the gas station plug in the supercharger and you'll literally watch the charge go up like a gas tank. Wow.
4: They yeah. used to, they were like, how do we make this stuff, graphene for the last 20 years? How do we make a chemical vapor deposition? They're trying to deposit carbon dioxide onto copper and get it and you, you get these strips. They figured out what's called flash joule graphene production. You, put, you hit it with electrical current. Any carbon on earth you can get all these different plastics they used to have to recycle them and pull them apart because different plastics recycle differently any carbon all the plastic together human feces plants matter any carbon (laughs) and you hit it with electricity and you turn it into graphene and then this guy i'm actually gonna be uh uh interviewing the inventor dewey long
1: so so but but let's bring it back to the, the the debt this country my point is I will, I will go along with Eon Graphene for one reason. We need a manufacturing base. Mm. We need the American people working on raw materials that we can use to build infrastructure. Steel for a long time. Not just steel. There's a lot of stuff we did in the United States. We should drill baby drill. We should invade Canada. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, we should invade. I'm not in Alaska. But Canada, yes, too. I'm, I mean, I'm only half kidding. But uh, no, we should invade and occupy Alaska. We should not waste. our here, Here's what I think. When we go and blow up people overseas... What we are doing is we are creating a global economy as hollow as a fiat dollar. Mm-hmm. We, we, we we provide Absolutely. you nothing other than don't screw with us. And these other countries say your offers are hollow. We only need protection from you. If the U.S. said, OK, we are going to bolster our manufacturing, develop new technologies, create a very strong, robust middle class that works in development of new technology and, and new infrastructure and new raw, uh, raw materials and metamaterials. We occupy Alaska using our own land to search, uh rare earth minerals for instance stop doing dealings with China we would then become that shining city on the hill and other other nations would say we got to be like them we got to do business with them
2: yeah and if we're not don't have a global empire you know we should be able to do those things without having this empire I, and i actually you mentioned the chips act so the problem with the chips act is that it's basically corporate subsidies 50 billion dollars yep. which is adding to the debt yeah, you know, I think the answer isn't subsidizing this industry, um, which is something you know China does. I think we should, uh, you know, resort to more capitalism and deregulate and you know give people tax incentives and to start factories and the, the, you know they're actually getting a lot of the Taiwanese companies to build factories. The things here. that you're
3: going to have to do to, to get to get the to get people to start businesses like that is I don't know I don't know the first thing about making chips or anything, mm-hmm. but I mean. The between unions, minimum wages and the the amount of things that you have to deregulate and pull back on, it's just astronomical. So I whereas I understand and agree with your 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 point, I don't think that it's that bad to have the government try to do things to tax breaks or whatever to incentivize companies to start it. Mm-hmm.
2: But it, they're giving them billions of dollars.
3: Check out uh, you know, you,
2: fifty billion. That's a lot I'd, of money. I'd rather
3: them give it to to a company in the U.S. than give it to Israel to drop bombs.
2: They're giving it to a lot. A lot of it's going to Taiwanese companies to bring them here, which I, I'm not sure the you know the percentages, but I know some of it.
3: Because least. the reason, the big reason why we have you know companies that are doing things overseas and stuff is because of labor laws and because of regulations yeah. here. So if you uh, can environmental pull, regulations. Yeah, the if you can pull, roll those back then you could get, then there's an incentive for companies to start. But as long as the federal government has the, the type of legislation that, or regulation that that disincentivizes companies from starting, I mean, but, it's but, gotta start it somehow.
1: And I, I, wanna, I wanna correct you on one thing. Not really correct, but I wanna counter. Um, I want a strong, robust American empire <laughs> that is achieved by being really cool, producing great products, mm. being a great trade partner, not interfering in other countries' business and politics, but being so good at everything we do that they want to learn from us. Mm. We, want, we want other countries to say, let us know what you need. That new thing you guys are working on, your economy is really great, we all love America, we want to be like America, your movies are awesome. We want to win through cultural means, yes, not bombing children. Yeah, yeah. culture and science, and, those are my you know, two favorites.
2: We, the yes. US empire uses force in a lot of different ways. You know, if countries like elect a government that the US doesn't like, they start putting economic sanctions on them, you know, purposely to destroy their economy. Yes, yes. And, but let, let, let,
1: let's be fair. Uh-huh. The U.S. also removes that government by force and then puts in a sock puppet government. Sometimes, sometimes.
2: Right. But other times they just sanction the hell out of them. Yeah, And, you know, that's, that's part of the reason why, you know, the U.S. on the global stage right now, if you're like a developing country and you see the way the U.S. operates, especially now, all for the past year and a half, you had Blinken, Biden talking about, you know, lecturing Russia on the war in Ukraine, talking about this rules-based order. And now we see them fully backing Israel as they're just blowing up Kids and everybody can see it for themselves, but and it's it, just like the hypocrisy is is very obvious but, to other countries.
1: But the 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 funny thing about Russia and Ukraine is Russia is having a territorial territorial dispute with a neighboring country. Mm. The United States flew to the other side of the planet to invade Iraq and Afghanistan. That's true. And why was Iraq invaded? Well, I guess it was WMDs, but nine eleven was kind of the pretext. Why was Afghanistan invaded? Well, because the Taliban were uh, were harboring uh, Osama bin Laden, so we we had to go and build a nation there, and then Russia invades a neighboring country over a border dispute, we're like, whoa, whoa, hey there, wait a minute.
2: Condoleezza Rice, like a few days after, sorry if I got a little worked up there, Ian, you looked a little startled. I'm so into this. (laughs) Condoleezza Rice, a few days after Russia invaded, was on TV and was like, I forget exactly what she said, but Condoleezza Rice of the George W. Bush administration said, A, a country cannot invade another sovereign nation or something like that. <laughs> and did you see, do you remember George W. Bush's little uh, Freudian slip or whatever it was? He was giving a speech and he was like, One man's decision to invade uh, Iraq. Uh, 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 I yeah, that mean, was Ukraine. And then he kind of laughed and he was like, yeah, Iraq too. But that was a moment, man. I watched that video like a hundred times. Cause this it's country just, is full of shit, It's unfortunately. definitely somewhere in his brain, but...
1: Yeah, the-, the Founding Fathers, I think if they saw what was going on, they'd be like... They'd be
3: stacking we, bodies. They'd be like, where are your businessmen it, it, in it's, politics? It's like we your grandfather
1: them. being like, son, I gifted you this really nice car and you totaled mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah no, the right. Found... I, I want to stress this point, too. The Founding Fathers notoriously just petitioned over and over again, and it. I, I, I think it's fair to say it was not... The Americans who started the Revolutionary War. It was the British imposing uh, uh, tyranny. Like if we go straight to Lexington and Concord, they said, hand over your guns or else the Americans, the founding fathers were like, I'm going to write a strongly worded letter to the king. And the king's like, screw off. Well, write another letter to the king. And it was a year and a month after uh, uh, Lexington, Lexington and Concord, they signed the Declaration of Independence. Mm. So it's not like the Americans were like, it's time to stack bodies.
3: They were like, please, please, we're just trying to have some representation here. Fair enough, but, you know, Washington did cross the Delaware and kill everybody in their
2: sleep, so <laughs> but what that I'm, is true what I, too.
1: But, but that's in the war. My, yeah. my point yeah, is,
2: later on.
3: we
1: th- America may be rebels, but when we started, we were not the dudes who decided to go and kill other people. We were the dudes who, who honorably and reasonably said, listen, what you're doing is not working. And we are telling you now this has to change. And if you don't listen to us, the change will come either way. And then it was the crown that was like, we're going to come and put you down. And then we said, we didn't start it. You did. They came to they came to Lexington Concord and they said, we are going to come at you. It was not Americans who went to England to 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 fight. It was the crown sending regulars to, yep. to the colonies saying, we are going to impose our will from overseas on you 100%. and brought the guns and then demanded of, of the Americans. I think that the the, the 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 founders of this country were calm, rational, reasonable people who understood war was bad. They did not want foreign entanglements. I love reading about the, the Barbary Wars and Thomas Jefferson. And like, he's like, we don't want to be involved in any of this stuff. Why are you attacking us? What are the and Barbary
4: Wars? This is cool.
1: Pirates, North Africa. And uh, Jefferson and other founding fathers, Adams, they're all basically just saying like, look, man, we're just selling stuff. We have no problem with any of you. Why don't you leave us alone? And they're like, screw you. We do what we want.
0: Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW group
3: void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Said to the, it was, they said to the, to the, in England, they said to the, the United States representative, they said the Quran gives us the, the approval and authorization to kill you and take your stuff because you are infidels. And so uh, Thomas Jefferson created the United States Marine Corps. Ah. And that was the res, The response was send in the Marines. So the Marines have been fighting for the country for as long as there has been a country.
4: This is the Barbary Wars series of two wars fought by United States, Sweden, and the King of Sicily against the Barbary States, Tunis, Algiers, and Tripoli.
3: Yeah. And so Morocco. you made a point. The, I, uh, I, I, oh, sorry. The, the, the United States Marine Corps, the Marine Corps hymn, there's the line that says, uh, to the shores of Tripoli. Yep. That's what it's referencing Yeah. From, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, Tripoli the Marine Corps fought for the United States. That's a good you know, song. It's, all right.
2: I but like it. I, I remember you made the point before we started recording that like you favor, you know, the U.S. could have a strong Navy and kind of p- police the waters a yeah. bit and work with their trading partners to counter piracy. And I think that is a completely legitimate, uh, you know, foreign policy to have just to have a Navy and fight piracy with your trading partners. But we're just so far from that. We're, in, you know, meddling in every country mm-hmm. around the world you know, we're not anything close to that. A lot of people like to point to the Barbary Wars as an example of how all oh, the founding fathers actually were not, you know, non-interventionists, but they were responding to yeah. their property, you know, being attacked.
3: Yeah, they were, so they it were is completely protecting different. Protecting Americans,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, and so this is completely different analogy from what you're talking about, about how the British brought the war here. My,
1: my point was the founding fathers' attitude was like, hey, let's just mind our own business. We're going to do our thing here. You leave us alone. And now the mentality of the United States is: we offer nothing but we take.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: So what I what I imagine the United States is doing with the with the current empire, it's it's like a, a piece of bubble gum. It's being blown up and blown up and blown up, but we know what happens. Eventually, it gets thinner and thinner and thinner, and then then it pops. There is nothing within this bubble. It is hollow. The United States cannot exist by simply going out with guns and saying we get to do this we can invade Iraq and Afghanistan, but Russia better not invade anybody else. To be fair, Russia shouldn't invade Ukraine, Mm -hmm. but the U.S. has no leg, no more leg to stand on. What the U.S. should do, the U.S. should have some type of whatever you want to call it empire in the sense that we are so good. Our laws are just, our people are fat and happy. I mean that figuratively, our economy is great and it's done through production. It's done through trade. It's done through technological development. And then what happens? Nobody's, People, people will be jealous because we're rich. That always happens. But we're not blowing up kids. We're not amoral crackpots. Our money isn't being siphoned away from us. Our economy is expanding. Our families are happy. Our kids are happy. Our roads are taken care of. Our infrastructure is taken care of. And other countries are like, we need to be like them. And look can. how well they're doing. You want to spread democracy or whatever it is you call it? That's how you do it. You show up in a country with guns and then kill the elderly and then try to raise a new generation. And you get Afghanistan. Doesn't work. Mm.
4: I love it. I think that the United States, China, and Russia have a duty to protect the planet, especially the Arctic.
1: It,
4: it's so important. We and well,
2: we're one, right on the brink. One of it. thing back to the British, like bringing the war to America. You know, when we talk about Ukraine, I mean, for so long, Putin and the Russians were telling you know the U.S. like, you know, stop doing what you're doing stop it and you know in the weeks and months leading up to the invasion you know almost a year before they were you know massing troops and they they uh, submitted these security proposals they wanted nato to be rolled back they wanted a guarantee that ukraine would never join nato and the u.s just said no basically to their main demand of ukraine joining nato a state department official admitted this in an interview shortly after the russian invasion and so you know and i'm not you know justifying russia's invasion but it is very clear how the US and the West provoked this thing. And, you know, that's the thing. That's on Russia's border. We're, you know, we can't even we try to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. Could you imagine if Russia was funding a war in Canada, you know, like there was a civil war there, and then we intervened and Russia started sending them missiles and intelligence. <laughs> There was just a report in the Washington Post that said the CIA in 2015 started building up Ukraine's intelligence services, the SBU and the GUR, which is their their military intelligence, to the tune of tens of millions of dollars. And uh, they were basically saying that because of that support, Ukraine's able to kill people inside Russia. They pointed to the car bombing of Daria Dugina. Do you guys know who? Oh she yeah, is? yeah, yeah. Of course, the daughter of Alexander Dugin that yep, the Ukrainian SBU did. They basically pointed to that, saying they were able, they're able to do this. Remember because the, stat- of the CIA and the statue that
1: exploded. Do we know what that was about? You remember that?
2: There was a, 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 a internet
1: personality in Russia. Someone oh, yeah. brought in a small yes, bust of his St. head. That was in St. Petersburg. Exploded. Cafe. Yeah. yeah, that's that holy was them
2: too. D- that, that that report yep. said it was them. And, you know, it, it closed with a very ominous quote from like a former CIA official basically saying, like, what have we created here? What if they start killing people in third countries? You know, what if, you know, like the blowback from this Ukraine war could be very serious?
1: It's going to be like Afghanistan. It is it is going to be uh, like like the Mujahideen. It is it is. Ukraine is now uh, what was it? The Republicans pass a funding bill for Israel, but not Ukraine. They're mm. saying it's gonna be dead in the Senate. Joe Biden. Here, let me, let me pull the story up. millennial Biden admin announces additional $425 million military package to Ukraine. So we have weaponized and armed Ukraine, but Ukraine is losing. The appetite for funding this is on the decline, and we've got an election coming up. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens to the v- extreme? I'm not saying extremists. I'm saying like very fervent national uh, militia groups in Ukraine who are funded and trained by U.S. forces when the U.S. pulls out and says you're on your own. Mm-hmm. You talk about the fear of bombings in third countries and, uh, other non, you know, outside of Russia and stuff. 100%. And then what happens? Give it 20 years and you've got trained armed groups in Ukraine who hate the United States for some reason or another. And you get uh, Al-Qaeda all over again Yeah, in some form or another.
2: There's, you know, because you you hear the Russians talk about the Nazis in Ukraine, but there is a real neo-Nazi element in Ukraine. Um, You know, it's not huge, but it is very influential and there are certain groups. So there was like these raids going on in Russia that were done by this group called the Russian Volunteer Corps. They were Russians, Russian people that were fighting, you know, went over to Ukraine in 2014 to fight for them. And they're like openly neo-Nazi. Wow, And they had American armored vehicles. So you had a group of neo-Nazis basically invading Russia. And I think this was Belgorod. They, they tried this a few times. They didn't get much done. But you have a group, a band of Nazis invading Russia with American weapons. Like, again, fathom, try to put yourself... You know, we can't even imagine something like that the, happening the, to the, the
3: Russians are actually uh, probably justifiably sensitive to Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's probably fair. I mean, the they're...
2: optics of it, of Germany sending Ukraine uh, leopard tanks with the Iron Cross on I them. Mean, like, what makes how some, could this happen? What it,
4: makes them Nazis? Is it like racial superiority mindset or something?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not I don't focus too much on the Nazi element, but there is like the Azov battalion that was basically a neo-Nazi militia. Uh, during the 2014 Donbass war and the and the coup and everything that joined uh, the Ukrainian forces, and there's also you know the history of Bandera and the Ukrainian nationalists during Step the World Bandera, War II yeah. that worked with the Nazis, and there are people that wear you know Nazi iconography uh, on their uniforms and stuff, and it is pretty prevalent. Like you'll you'll notice it um, in pictures of Ukrainian soldiers with this certain Nazi icons. Um, so it is definitely an element of they're you know what they call the far right i kind of hate using the term far right these days because people probably call me far right but (laughs) it is like there's certainly that element inside ukraine i think it's worth
4: breaking apart what nazism is exactly hitler just used that term national socialist and he made some psychotic political movement out of it but he called it national socialist but just if you're a nationalist and you're a
3: socialist doesn't mean you're a nazi like hitler kind of means you're a nazi well (laughs) So there's not a lot of light between the, as much as the socialists and communists don't want to admit this, there's not a lot of light between communists and Nazis, right? They, they, the Nazis are nationalists and they, they have a lot of racism, but the and the communists tend to not be nationalists they want to see a global socialism but they're racist too a lot of the times and you can see that in in the way that the the socialists are are behaving towards a lot of the the jewish people that that you see uh, a lot of the anti-semitism that's going on now so there's not a not a lot of difference there are there are nuanced differences but the real significant ideological differences are between liberalism and socialism or liber- yeah you know, liberalism and socialism, which Nazism is a type of socialism, because liberalism is, is based on enlightenment principles. Right. So they the fundamental thing about liberalism is the individual should be free to live their life and that the government is there to maybe have a social safety net, maybe not, but there's different there, and there's different amounts of government that are acceptable. but with socialist ideologies, the the collective comes first. So the Nazis believe that the German people came first and communists believe that the workers come before anyone else but it's a, it's a social uh, it's a, a collectivist versus an individual ideology. So the, there's there's not a whole the differences between Nazis and commies is only nuance. I always thought it, it was basically
1: like Nazis were traditional and commies were progressive. Yeah, but they were all super authoritarian and wanted to lock you up in a cage and, and kill your family. Exactly.
2: But the, to get back to this, uh, the four hundred twenty-five million dollars that they're announcing here, so this is uh, money that they do have left. They have they're kind of running out of money to send over there. So Biden, in that one hundred five billion dollar package that he requested, it, it includes sixty-one billion dollars to keep the, the Ukraine war going. For another year, they want to do it so they could get through the 2024 election. And again, there was just Zolushni, the Ukrainian commander-in-chief just did an interview with the economist saying, it's a stalemate, there's not going to be a breakthrough, but that doesn't matter to Biden. They want to keep this thing going. They want people to be, you know, there's still, there's been fighting, territory hasn't changed hands much, but a lot of people are dying and that's what they want to continue funding. Um, So it's really just sick stuff. I I think
3: the dying part is is just, I, th- I don't think that it's what they're after. I think the money and, the, the, yeah. and stuff is what they're after. And then the people dying, well, that's they what don't happens. Yeah, And, it's and just, they don't care. Yeah. they just slimy. Well, if but. you
2: actually see how some senators kind of pitch this now, I know this is, uh, I know Mitt Romney was saying this recently, you know, their argument for continuing this war going is, oh, we're getting our money's worth, you know? I got mm. an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: what What's the total number of uh, members of Congress? 435. 435. All right. It's a little bit more than the 425. But uh, here's a deal: We, the American people, will give each member of Congress one million dollars to not fund war. Ah. And so, you have the, the it's 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 a, it's a good and a bad. We got to negotiate here. We are going to have to spend that money, which adds to the deficit, devalues your currency. But at least it stays as currency in the United States for trade, and we aren't blowing up people or funding war in other mm-hmm. countries.
2: Yeah, it sounds like a win. So
1: members of Congress, if you vote against this, I say we give you all a million dollars. <laughs> Tax free. Tax free. Yeah.
2: Just
1: pay me. pay members of Congress a million dollars, but only hey, wait, here's an idea. Any year with no active war, members of Congress receive a million dollar bonus.
2: Yeah, that sounds I'm good. I'm in.
1: Yeah? And, I mean, and 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 Senate included.
3: Yeah. I
2: Deal? Mean, they're never gonna get it, but. They're, They're, maybe that you know, would you, incentivize the guy, them. The,
1: No, because <laughs> you got a member of Congress being like, a million dollar bonus, huh? Yeah, but Raytheon's going to pay me $2 million after I get out, out of Congress true. and go take that job and lobby for him.
2: Well, that's another thing now. Like, the corruption is so obvious. Like, Lloyd Austin, Biden's defense secretary, he came straight off the board of Raytheon. <laughs> and he they he started funding this war in Ukraine that made all these weapons, Raytheon weapons in very high demand, weapons that they stopped making. Stocks are going up. Yeah, this you know the Stinger missiles, the anti-aircraft missiles that they gave to the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, those were basically obsolete, you know, I think they were selling some to Taiwan. Uh they but they stopped making them a while ago and now they're in hot demand. They're calling in like 70-year-old Raytheon engineers to start making them.
1: But this but but it is, you know, the point I made about industry so you, you, have a, you, you have a manufacturer who makes, um, he makes bullets. And let's say he makes a thousand bullets per week. Mm. The government comes to them and says, we really like the quality of your ammo. Can you produce for us an additional thousand? And the guy goes, well, if I'm going to do that, I got to hire like five more people for like logistics and all this. And they say, well, we can pay you a premium. We'll pay you X amount. And the guy goes, wow, I'm going I'm, to, it's, it's 2.2 times my revenue for, for uh, only two times the ammo. Like, I got a good premium on this deal. Next month, he says, I've got these employees working here. Are you going to rent my contract? And they say, no. And he goes, then what do I do with these employees? So the problem is the war machine becomes an addiction mm-hmm. where it's not just about the kind of bribery of, I'm going to tell your constituents you did this. It's that, okay, look, if we lay off 100,000 people, economy is going to get hit by this you got to keep building these things just to keep the economy going because these jobs will be lost otherwise. That's how they
2: make the argument. That's what Blinken, right. Blinken's been saying that recently. Oh, it's good for American jobs to spend all this money on wars.
1: I loved it when Trump said it.
2: He said about, it with the Saudis. Exactly.
1: Then. He's like, we're going to sell them a bunch of weapons. It's mm-hmm. great for the economy. And also, it's like, oh, wow. I, I hear
4: that they sell, the government contracts are long-term. They'll do like, I don't know how many year-term, contracts but they don't do like one year contract if you get a government contract apparently it's very lucrative for your company you're set
1: i remember a long time ago there was a story where uh and
2: you don't even have to do a good job the the, the military
1: <laughs> one of the armed Force like the army or whatever said we are, we are we are we do not need any more tanks and then congress says nope and then mm-hmm. pass legislation That's- to build more saying we don't care what you think ah, slow targets wonderful hypersonic re- missiles
3: and the reason that that they do that is because or the reason they can do that is because they they break up the production of them throughout multiple uh, congressional districts. So you'll have the pieces that go into tanks made throughout the whole country. So no one person can say we're gonna stop this because everybody's like, well, if we stop making the tanks, there's gonna be job loss nationwide or in these 50 congressional districts. And the Congress people are like, no, you're not gonna do anything that's gonna affect our job market. So the incentive is not just from the government it's or it's not just the government wants these things. It's the way that the government has set up intentionally set up the production of these of weapons and stuff like that. It's it's throughout the whole economy. And so you, you've got you've got the incentive from multiple people in Congress to say no to vote against it. If you want to, do you want to
2: add anything to that before you jump? I was just gonna say, I remember Matt Gates voted for. You know, he's been very good on the wars, uh, some wars in the Middle East. He introduced resolutions to leave Syria and stuff. Unfortunately, he just voted to give Israel 14 billion dollars to fund that war. But I remember he voted for the NDAA. Oh, yeah. And Which he, one? And he just said, well, I the, think the, it was recent. Infamous,
1: oh, okay. Recent one. Uh,
2: I don't remember exactly when, but I just remember he went on Twitter and he's like, I voted for the NDAA because- Real quick, it, National
1: Defense Authorization Act. Yeah,
2: sorry. So it's the annual, basically, Pentagon spending bill that they pass every year. And Gates just said, I voted for the NDAA because it brings jobs to you know the district I represent in Florida, and that's that. And it's like, okay, at least he's honest about what he's doing. <laughs> you yeah. know, this, you know, I would hope to see him vote against it because it's just such a behemoth. But
4: did he vote for this one? What, fourteen billion 14 package? Billion. Was it just that, or was it so part of an omnibus? It was
2: fourteen point three billion dollars for military aid for Israel. The way that Johnson, the new House Speaker, and his people wrote it up was that it cuts the fourteen billion from the IRS right 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 and sends it to which is such a I republican mean, move it's like yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we're gonna make some cuts and send it to fund a war in gaza I th- so well to be fair it is better than just
1: adding to the debt but it's still not good you i think I mean?
3: ndaas count as omnibus bills because they they have they, all kinds of stuff uh, in them.
1: so i, I do want to jump to this very very big story but the first thing i want to announce is uh uh mark zuckerberg tore his acl uh he was training for an mma fight Damn. And uh, I just want to say, shout out. Sorry to hear it, buddy. I hope you get better. ACL tears are no joke. PRP, and, uh, dude. You got yeah, this. I hope he's got a picture of him in, in the hospital. No, I sincerely mean it. Not a fan of a lot of things that Facebook has done, but uh, man, ACL tear is brutal.
4: Elon, brutal. you should reach out. Send your well wishes because Elon was joking with Joe Rogan about how he's going to dominate mark in an in a yeah. mma match and he was fun laughing and laughing so hopefully elon you'll
1: yeah your acl is like a, a strong strong component in your knee and yeah. and that this can end careers for for pro athletes and stuff so
4: i well mark has access to the best medicine on earth i'm excited to watch his recovery
2: he like really trains right like yeah. elon musk probably couldn't take yeah elon him. was
4: like i'm a walrus if yeah. i lay on him he won't be able to get up joe's <laughs> <I> like that's <laughs> not how it works dude
1: <laughs> i'll get put yeah. in a submission if you get choked like, you're done yep yep he'll tap out um okay we got a big story This is a story from the Daily Mail about vaccines and vaccines are on the ballot. The first thing I want to say is, ladies and gentlemen, don't take medical advice from podcasters and talk to your doctor about what's right for you. But this story is very interesting as per the sentiment held by people in this country and how it relates to uh, to RFK Jr. versus Trump and Biden. Check out this headline. According to the Daily Mail, a quarter of Americans say COVID-19 shots are unsafe and that they know someone who died from one. As 2024 wannabes DeSantis and RFK Jr. take skepticism on the campaign trail. I think this number is highly questionable. That one in four Americans know someone who died. That is a, a strong, like, we, I think we'd hear in the news about that many people having died. That being said, I want to clarify. If, if there are 10 people and they all know Bill and Bill dies, and then you ask these 10 people, do you know someone who died? They'll all say yes. Oh, that's a great
2: point. Yes, yeah. it's it's still just and one even person. People that know them, who know Maybe. Bill, might also say yes. You know, you're right. friend of my really friend, and they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like,
1: someone. oh, I know someone who died. Yeah, my friend's friend, Bill. Mm. You know what I mean? So we don't know exactly what this means. Also,
4: I didn't get asked, so they didn't do a, a holistic It, it
1: actually does <laughs> say, um, despite several attempts, Ian Crossland did not respond yeah. to our question. And I never again. will. Uh, so it's emails, Ian. I, I want to stress, YouTube, uh calm down. Uh, I am not talking about this because I care to talk about the efficacy or issues around vaccines. That's for you guys and your doctors or whatever. I do think it is politically important that people feel this way because there's a question of uh, we're talking with Luke Rutkowski about RFK Jr. And Luke was saying there's a good there's a good possibility that RFK could take votes from Trump because Trump was bad on vaccine mandates and lockdowns. And RFK Jr. is good. And I say, yeah, but the you know, the core ideologies of RFK Jr. and Trump are so different. You, you're, I think you're going to find somebody who says, I'm willing to forgive Trump on a lot of things because he's anti-woke. He's challenging these government contracts, no new wars, et cetera. And RFK Jr. called Columbus Day Indigenous Peoples Day. And that's like a red flag for a lot of people. Yeah. So uh, that being said, let me read a little bit. They say Americans are growing more skeptical about the safety and effectiveness of vaccines. And politicians from left and right are echoing these fears in their campaigns to win the White House. Polling this week shows that while most voters trust shots for COVID-19, MMR, and other bugs, millions more have changed their minds in recent months and no longer see them as safe. The surveys come as health chiefs warn of rampant online misinformation linking injections with death and autism, and that ivermectin, an antiparasitic drug typically used in animals, can treat COVID-19. Again, don't take medical advice from a news organization either. Despite these warnings and their implications for public health, two politicians are building vaccine skepticism into their 2024 campaign. It's DeSantis and it's uh, uh RFK, but here's here's the image. Look at RFK's face. It's that's the him. most hideous,
3: angry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so here's here's some questions. They they asked, uh, is the COVID-19 vaccine safe? In August of 2022, 73% said yes and 18% said no. As of October 2023, 66% say yes. And 24% say no. That's really interesting. They ask, do you know someone personally who died from side effects of the COVID-19 vaccine? 24% said yes. 69% said no. They ask, is increased vaccine use linked to kids getting autism? 10% said yes in April of 2021. As of October this year, 16% say yes. And then here's, here's a big one. If there was a major class action lawsuit against pharmaceutical companies from for, for vaccine side effects... How likely would you be to join the lawsuit? 24% very likely, 18% somewhat likely, not very likely 22 and not likely at all. 25 with 11, not sure. The plurality is not likely. And uh, they ask is Ivermectin an effective treatment at in September of 21, 10% said yes. As of this month, 26% said yes. And I want to stress for the the time, I am just reading polls calm down you yeah
4: not all vaccines are the same and it's not fair to classify them as such the, the, the well-tested the, medicine is very different than untested medicine the, i like not the, having
1: polio the sure and and the main point here is what is shifting the american perspective on this issue well let's first find out how many people got pulled here this is an important
4: aspect of this one because if it's just a thousand people then I'm, I'm gonna stop reading daily mail like that is a gross misca- Categorization yeah, who did of the, the the one in four Americans. That's,
1: uh, <laughs> that's a good point. It could be. It could be a, could be a, a, like a highly biased poll. thousand
2: to fifteen hundred. I think it's uh,
1: it's Rasmussen reports and the Annenberg Public Policy Center at the uni- of the University of Pennsylvania. I'm, wow,
3: Rasmussen's usually pretty good.
1: But Rasmussen and uh, mm-hmm. University of Pennsylvania. If it was just Rasmussen, I'd say Rasmussen gets a lot right. You know, we'll see. The both of them together, I say, okay, that's really interesting. Again. This is not a poll about whether or not vaccines actually cause issues. It's something is shifting the perspective of the American population. This is going to play a big role. I'm wondering, however, you know, when Luke said Trump was bad on vaccines and lockdowns, so RFK Jr. may pull from him. Yeah, but Biden was worse. Biden and Democrats were 10 times more into lockdowns and and vaccine stuff than, than Trump.
2: Yeah, but Trump was in when all the worst stuff happened, when it came to the lockdowns, at least. I guess he's, he was
1: he was the he was the first guy to say, we're going to shut down for a couple yeah. weeks.
2: So, and I think, you know, because you mentioned how RFK Jr. and Trump are very different ideologically, but I mean, so many people who vote, I mean, just this is just people I know who voted for Trump. They're not like uh, ideological, really. They just go in and vote Trump because they don't like the other person. Like a lot of people voted like that. So if they see RFK Jr. and he's really good on this issue, and this is a big thing, just COVID in general really affected so many people. You know, so if he's good on it, that might just be enough for people. Um, I think that that's an issue that could flip a lot I of just, Trump voters. I'm just
1: really curious. What do you think is causing this shift in the American public's perception? Well, if, I mean, the corporate I, press has been insistent on vaccines and and, and you know, we here as good stewards of 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 information. We don't break any of these YouTube rules. How could these people possibly hold these views?
3: i think that it's the fact that people mistrust authority you know trust in the in the media and trust in the government had been going down for a long time prior to covid and covid just (sighs) annihilated a lot of people's trust there's a lot of people that that are horribly embarrassed by the the way that they supported the government that they believe things that the news said and
0: So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. avoid Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: I think that, that this is the 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 result of that. If you have a society that generally has a declining in trust and a, and honestly, we, we are more cynical than we've ever been. You know, it's like being earnest is now looked at as something to be mocked. And so, believing that what the news tells you is is something that will get you mocked nowadays if you say oh yeah. I believe if you have enough followers on Twitter you can say I believe anyone anything it could be anything at all and someone's gonna say you're wrong and you're dumb for believing it mm-hmm. there, there is a, there is this there is this impulse that people have to be the the one person that has the inside track. And so people are afraid to believe things. They're afraid to admit that they believe things because they're going to get mocked. They're going to get called out there. They're, they're going to be people that say you're dumb for believing that. Didn't you know? How could you believe that? I mean, I see it all the time on, in my Twitter feed. Oh, how could you believe that? You know this and how could you not? So I think that that disincentivizes people to believe anything. They're afraid to say that they believe anything. They're afraid to say, Oh, I, I think this is actually true and they don't know where to go to get Information that they feel like they that should be trusted.
4: Well, let me uh let me piggyback off of that. It, did this article even link to the study to the poll, or are they just like a poll said one? Well, well I mean, they, American, they, spec- they specified that. They, the they, I don't even trust this it. story. That they're, they're I think they're lying. I don't even think it's <laughs> well, one. They, they
1: cited rasmussen and University. But of did the they link to it? But what do you mean, like to the crosstabs? Yeah, like show me how many people they pulled. If they oh, pulled right, a thousand right. people. And, and no, they're saying fair. that extrapolates
2: to 350 I, million. I'm going to be like, I think like, I'm Get gonna have to go face. directly to Rush museum for that. When you say that there's like a shift here, like has people has there really been polls asking this question before? You know, we don't really know if this reflects no, yeah. like a shift. I, I, I they it looks like they had previous polls asking the same question.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. Now that um, aside, the polling, let me let me see if I can pull up the, the cross tabs.
4: That aside, I think that rushing this the uh, COVID vaccine the, the warp speed thing <clears throat> tweaked a lot of people. Like that was that was like. I'm afraid for my life because of COVID, and I'll do anything you say mentality. And then when we saw rises in like myocarditis, that's yeah. like terrifying.
2: Yeah, and Trump still like brags about warp speed, right? When they ask him about it, he says, "Uh, you know, how He'll, proud he, of he was." He literally brags about yeah. anything. It's like, there's that such he a big something could. I kind of wanted to ask you guys about because I know Tim, like you're. I don't know if you consider yourself like a MAGA guy, but no um I i'm know, voting for trump
1: yeah uh he's it, far from perfect but he's the best we it got. just
2: seems like there's a pretty big distinct like difference between the the maga movement and the things that trump actually says now uh but i know he represents yeah, something more so rfk jr i gotta say he was a big disappointment um because you know I'm, I'm kind of a single issue type of guy and he came out really strong on ukraine you know very well and then uh people started calling f- him, f-
4: sorry 1500 uh, adults Okay. yeah that's this it's just such a disingenuous title of the article 1500 i mean that's but what a do you mean it says poll polling. fines mm-hmm. poll fines oh it's fair it, point you should have said one in four of 1500 polled like that's Wait, not 350 Polls million, are but, typically
2: like a thousand yeah, to 1500 yeah. yeah. if you 1500 is actually so have above average consider that yeah you're right
4: i consider that it's highly manipulative mm-hmm. it's it's just an absolute waste of a time that is it is most disingenuous misleading title say that one in four americans think it when they pulled 1500 people
1: Ian,
3: I don't think you understand how polls.
4: I understand work. completely how they work, and they're massively manipulative.
3: Wait, how many? Well, they are manipulative. Most people n- understand that they're not oh, trying. They're not to-
4: supposed to be, but the way the article phrased it, it makes it extremely manipulative. I, I,
3: but the point that I'm making is, most people understand that if you are talking about polls, you're not talking about a poll of f- hundred thousand people, like the the uh, civics most- actually. What was that? Civics.com. They have polls that,
1: because they're so expansive, there's 300,000 people. Really? Pulled. Yeah, it's crazy. Good on
3: them, but still most most polls, m- like they're not hitting, you know. But, the, but, but oh, this was man. a shock title to get clicks.
2: It's Daily Mail, I mean. It's junk. Sure, but, yeah. but,
4: yeah. but, junk news but
1: it's a Rasmussen and and uh, what is it? The uh, I want to get the name right. The uh, Annenberg Public Policy Center. So oh. the way polls are done is... Through there's a scientific polling method where they take a wide range of individuals, they whittle down their their networks. There's uh, bad things and huge margins of errors when when it's done improperly. But you basically try and create a cross section of America, isolate it down to the key demographic areas where you notice these ideological shifts, and then pull a thousand people, and then figure out what the percentages are, and then try and like that's it's it's normal,
4: like- and
1: and and you can you can argue. There's a margin of error in these things. Yeah. But right, polls- Like 3,000% no margin, margin
4: of error future. or something. What were you going to say, it's Dave? like 3%. I, I felt like you were, I interrupted you on accident.
2: Oh, no. I was just wondering, it wasn't really related. I was just wondering what you guys think of RFK Jr. I mean, have I, you had him on
3: here? I no, like I, I like the fact that he- canceled he, on us. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah. I like, I like the fact that he's counter to the narrative that the government puts out. Hmm. I think that he's terrible on literally everything except for vaccines.
2: Yeah. I would say, so again, with the foreign policy, like he was, he's was very good on Ukraine and he explains it well. He interviews people, uh, you know, he had his own podcast. He was interviewing people. I know this guy named Ben Abloh who wrote a book called how the West brought war to Ukraine. It's like a very short book that came out right after the invasion explaining how the U S provoked it. So he interviewed him and he really understands the issue. But when it comes to Israel, people smear him, you know, they, they called him an anti-Semite and he just went all in on Israel. And when this I... thing happened, it's just like he says that the US needs to support an Israeli sustained military campaign.
1: We, I need to issue a clarification. This is the data comes from two different polls. Rasmussen and Enberg did different polls. They're just in, being mentioned in the same article.
4: You got the Rasmussen was 1500, the other one? Uh, no unknown. no no. Uh
1: 1500 a uh, uh, 1110 was was Rasmussen. Okay. Rasmussen was actually one of the most accurate polls in I think 2016 and 2018. I think I think consistently actually. It, the, when when the polling data comes out showing how many people voted, Rasmussen almost always nails it. For the record,
4: I really really like accurate polling. Like if you can get ten thousand people and you get an accurate readout of what those ten thousand people think, maybe you can be like, you know. The issue is in is this is, city, I'm, I'm, you know. If
1: Rasmussen does five polls and then they say here's 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 what people are saying: fifty one percent, forty nine percent. Then the election happens and they go, yeah, it was. They were right, fifty-one forty-nine. How? How about that? And they do it five times. Then they come out with another
3: poll. I'm like, okay, I'll, i I'll, I'll lean towards believing them. Ian, Ian, I just want to push back a little bit on what you said. The, if the, if you're dealing with a country with three hundred and thirty million people, why is ten thousand acceptable and and fifteen? No, I'm saying in not? a
4: small town of ten thousand, and you pull ten thousand people. Oh, okay, I like right. those kind of polls. Okay. Or even if there's like maybe Fair fifteen thousand people, and you pull ten thousand of them, Fair you need that's, like that's seventy insane. or eighty. Well, I mean, it's accurate you need it no, if you really on, if dude. you want to come out and make a statement that one in four americans that's, something, that's a poll, you better poll at least 90 percent <laughs> of them
1: right and you're, you're not asking for a poll you're asking for an election is a poll. i'm like, asking
4: for a real poll not these junk polls, polls aren't that
2: they the do. best you know polls are kind of the best you have when it comes to the things you're looking to find out when it comes to like election polling they're not part they're they're better there than. Can i be a lot think of flaws, that's lazy thinking they're really the only like thing. they're like just
4: because that's how it's always been done like just deal with well, it kind of mentality well you're saying that's just like the best we can do i didn't, like, no, I'm not didn't saying it's say we shouldn't do. improve I'm
2: saying it it's just when it comes you, to you know especially elections when you like it is kind of your best indication of where people are at is polling
1: and and the question is are the ha, has the polling organization been accurate in the past and then if we look at rasmussen and find that they typically are very accurate you discrediting them because you don't like polling methodology makes no sense
4: i discredit them because they pulled 1100 people and then they claimed oh. to speak for 330
2: yeah, million the article did yeah i right, think right. you know if you're saying that they should just poll more people i think that's a hundred percent and and most say, yeah. polling
1: poll, most polls actually say 47 people of those polled said
4: yeah or that's what they should say not the shock the shock you're statement. Talk, you're of,
2: complaining about a news organization not the polling institution no
4: i think you know they're
2: speaking of polls there was just a poll conducted by i forget the name of the place but it was about israel and gaza and it said the majority of americans support a ceasefire it said the majority of republicans do which, like, I almost didn't believe it. Uh, you know, I think that a lot of Americans do want a ceasefire, but to cease fire, but it was like 80% of Democrats and 56% of Republicans. You know, they polled like 1,500 people.
1: It's the tr- Trump people don't want war.
2: Yeah, a lot of, yeah, you're right. I think a lot of the ordinary Trump people don't want war, even if it is Israel. But unfortunately, the MAGA politicians seem to uh, favor it.
4: I think one issue, well, well, I don't want to
2: derail. No, 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 Another
4: no. issue I have with polling is, uh, and this is a little bit off, off basis that I feel like it is a self fulfilling prophecy. Sometimes, if you see if they pull people and they're like eighty percent want this, then people will see that and they'll be like, "Yeah, me too." Like that that can kind of
1: that
2: that's guide.
4: why
1: the their political polls will often try and skew it in favor their politician to convince people that our guy's the winner because mm. people want to vote for the winner. And, like, it's so
2: weird. If you see the polls, the election polls right now, I mean, Trump is leading the pack still by so much. So that indication, like we don't know the exact, what the exact vote would actually be, but from constant polls showing him so far ahead, it gives you an idea.
4: I got a question for you. We've been looking at these polls, uh, RFK entering the race as an independent. Do you think that he pulls more votes away from Trump or from Biden? I think Trump.
2: I actually do think Trump, Uh, again, because just you Know the Trump, the average Trump voter might not be so ideologically drawn to Trump. Uh, more of a, I know so many people that voted for Trump in 2016, it was just a vote against the establishment. Uh, same thing in 2020, just a lot of people that didn't like Biden. I also knew a lot of people that didn't vote for him that did it because they were kind of sick of it. But I think this COVID issue again, when it comes to Americans, issues that really affect them, I mean, this is something that really affected Americans. Uh, to me personally, I, you know, my wife's business closed down, we moved out of this city, we you know, changed our whole life. And it's something that people are going to remember. You know, this is this was a very serious time in, in, in America. You know, it's kind of like if you think back on it, you know, I was living in Brooklyn at the time with the lockdowns and it was just looking back, like it was so insane and everybody went along with it. And I saw Andrew Cuomo and when I would go get a coffee on the TV with his nipples sticking out, telling us <laughs> to stay in our houses. And it was crazy and I was so angry about it angry enough that we left and, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I was okay. You know, my wife's business closing down, we were fine. We were able to get out, move out to the country, but a lot of people don't, didn't have that option. So, you know, I think he could definitely pull some Trump voters that still feel that anger about what happened in 2020.
4: Yeah, man. Now, what I would love to talk about is the vaccine, the COVID vaccine or the series of COVID vaccines. I I don't want to make, start going too hard on it on YouTube. I know that YouTube has requested that we don't, You know splather our opinions about it i would love to because i think this is just so many people were traumatized by this experience of the covid vaccine or the covid virus i mean the thing about vaccinations
2: you know i left new york before this happened you had to show them your vaccination papers to go into a restaurant i mean that is insane that is stuff that the anti-vaxxers were saying a few decades ago that people were like you not even a few decades ago not long before that people were like that's crazy that'll they, never 2020
1: happen. they were like they're gonna start doing these passports i was like shut up yeah. no they're not and they
2: did they In tried york, doing they tried to the live. app they, i can't imagine it
1: they tried doing the app and nobody would do it mm-hmm. they wanted a social credit score
2: so you know what's interesting get uh so rfk jr israel so <laughs> that model what new york city did and i think other cities did it. i think dc might have did it for a little while You know, the vaccine passport was modeled on Israel's green pass. Israel, like, was very, you know, vaccine mandate and lockdowns and stuff. And I believe it was called the green pass. So kind of one of the most intrusive things that they did to us was based on Israel's model. China, on the other hand, they had their uh, lockdowns that were really insane. But they actually, they tried to implement some sort of vaccine mandate in Beijing. And people were like, no, we're not doing that. And then they gave up. So it's kind of interesting just the differences. Uh, in the countries like it's not something you would really expect that you would just assume China had like a vaccine mandate but they didn't like in that sense of you have to walk in and show them your card or scan something Um, but yes based off Israel's uh, model
4: wow I was thinking the other day how funny it was and maybe it's funny strange not funny haha that it was COVID they were like it's so dangerous that you have to get tested to find out if you even have it and I'm like (laughs) okay really did you hear what I'm proud
2: of so is that I've never taken a COVID test and that wasn't really like intentional, but I just never did.
4: I took one <laughs> and I tickled the back of my nose and I was just sneezing and blowing all the snot out, dude. Yeah. It felt so good. I uh, was outside doing it. <laughs> I was like, I should, oh yeah, rolling maybe around. Maybe I should
2: take one. That sounds. It forward. felt really nice. Okay, that's awful.
4: Yeah. So now everyone knows. <laughs>
1: but back to politics. It was a rough uh, week. I, I I don't, I don't see. Uh, I think RFK Jr. polls from both Trump and Biden, but two to one Biden from Trump. Biden you trump. think so okay yeah because rfk jr is a is a uh he's a liberal yeah his core is liberal it's true he's so, kennedy
2: he's got the kennedy name exactly Democrat. and you know and Ian, he's running on that
1: ian's pointed named, out when he talks about his family obviously. that his family would not vote for trump they would vote for biden they might vote for rfk mm. i think that's just like a really simple way of breaking down what this might be
4: they did vote for biden i don't know what they're up to right. these days I, I should talk to them about it like, i mean biden's mental degradation has if, become if, very apparent
1: if the poll it's crazy is for Democrats, five points towards RFK, meaning your average person has a 95% chance of voting for Joe Biden. That still means 5% vote for RFK Jr., whereas the poll for Trump supporters is like one. Mm. What are your feelings on Vivek Ramaswamy?
2: Uh, he says uh, you know a lot of good things, but uh, I think his foreign policy, he's pretty off base uh, on some things with you know taiwan for instance he he wants to commit to defending taiwan but he also says things like oh once we get semiconductor independence then we're not gonna uh you know worry about taiwan anymore but he's still saying that you know to deter war we should you know commit to war with taiwan and also his plan to end the ukraine war he's like i'm gonna get putin to sever his military alliance with china and that's how we're gonna end it it's not really a realistic plan you know They don't really have a formal military alliance. They've been building one up and doing drills and stuff. Uh, But also, just they're not going to go for that. I mean, trust has been destroyed between the West and Russia. You know, there's going to have to be some uh, real good faith negotiations and, you know, trying to just get something like that. Like China and Russia have really built up their trade relationship in recent years and they're. Very reliant on each other now. They're not just going to give that up for the U.S. That could change in eight, four or eight years. Somebody will come in and say, you know what? Forget that. We're going to move, you know, move NATO into Ukraine. Forget that guarantee we gave you. We need to rebuild trust before you could do something like that.
4: Yeah, new administration is a is a definitely a big thing. Like Putin's yeah. not a dumb guy, and
2: he also tries to play it off of Richard Nixon going to China and shaking hands with Mao. Uh, but what Nixon uh, had the the Sino-Soviet split to capitalize. They were already enemies, the Soviet Union and, and communist China at that point. Um, that's not the situation right now with Putin and Xi Jinping, you know, they're, they're best buddies right now. So it's a very different time. And, uh, you know, I actually spoke with, uh, Chaz Freeman about this, who he was in the U S government in various positions, but he was actually Nixon's interpreter when he went to Mao and he agreed that, you know, the idea that it's anything similar to like that is just, is just off base. Um, so, you know, I think kind of, there's other ways to argue for ending the Ukraine war, just the fact that it's not an American interest that it's every day that we continue it. It's very dangerous. We're spending all this money. We're going bankrupt. I think that should really be the argument. And we see that argument from other Republicans.
4: Do you think it's just to declare like a white peace and cede the Eastern Donbass to Russia?
2: Um, What I think should happen? Yeah. Uh, It's tough to say. I mean, um, you know, right now, I think really the U.S. just has to end it and make Ukraine negotiate something and, and whatever that is. And, you know, realistically, at this point russia's not going to give that territory up um and you know it's it's the donbass and Zaporozhia and carson you know we're not we shouldn't be risking nuclear war for those territories you know it shouldn't have gotten to this point it didn't have to get to this point but now that it's at this point we need to end this thing we need to end this thing tomorrow because again we could wake up and be at war with russia again assassinations in russia with you know cia trained groups killing people it's it you know the fact that we're at this point is really unbelievable
4: well, I would love to just drill down into the philosophy of what's going on in the Middle East in uh, Israel and Palestine. It is, however,
1: nine thirty one. I think we're about to take
4: some super. We chats. are going
1: to super chats. YouTube's been giving us the business though. The super chats aren't loading properly. Load me. But it's fine. it's fine. We'll figure it out because uh, this is what we do here. we we we, uh, we do it. We're gonna pull up these super chats, and there they are. They're back. All right, let's go. Shaky Own says, is Stephen Marsh's next book titled, Canadian Delicacies, 1001 Excuses for Eating Boot Leather? That's <laughs> uh, nice. ah, brutal. I, I, uh, here, Here's my assessment of Stephen. I think he's a good dude. Uh, the first time we had him on, it was an excellent conversation. I think he and I can see the same thing. However, he's coming from the establishment perspective and we're coming from a moderate perspective. And so this is one thing to try bringing up on the show, the Culture War podcast, is that he said something like there are more seditionists on the right than the left. I said, what's your metric for that? He goes, court cases. And then I said, okay, where are the court cases around 529? He goes, what's that? I'm like, okay, that's my point. If you if 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 his argument is it is not that bad that far left extremists were throwing firebombs at the White House, set, set, set fire to a church, and they rushed Trump into an emergency bunker, and that doesn't warrant investigations and arrests, it's not insurrection, it's not sedition. Well, then... You're coming from a very biased perspective and I'm not asserting either. I didn't say there was more on the left or the right. I think I think it may it may be fair to say there's more on the left, but they're less extreme and there are very, very few on the right, but they're very extreme. And so uh, but so that means his view of what's going on when he sees, you know, something happening that leads us to civil war. His perspective is skewed by an establishment perspective, whereas I think ours is certainly skewed by an anti-establishment perspective. But, as Phil pointed out with Jonathan Knight's research, the right knows what the left is thinking. The left does not know what the right is thinking. So we are a more moderate, probably in many ways uh, right-leaning, for a variety of reasons, basically because the left doesn't come on the show. I think the people on this show are, are fairly moderate. But that means we have a more holistic view of what's going on and why, and Stephen's more biased in that regard. He thinks he's not. I think he is. And then he says we're biased, but it's actually really simple. If he's coming from a left liberal perspective we are to the right of him because we're in the middle and so he doesn't know what you know that's what i think but i think he's a good dude we had had a lot of fun he played poker he's really good as well i really like poker you guys don't have you guys have
2: leftists on here once in a while right but they
1: don't come on you had
2: max blumenthal they do yeah but max is a good dude yeah
1: like many of these leftists that
2: i like a lot
1: but they're so he's he, he he was honest and he was like impressively honest with his views and his mm-hmm. his, his his uh pro palestine bias he said but he's telling us the truth he said like it, it's it we i get it i'm like you're allowed to be in favor of palestine you're allowed to even be in favor of hamas i just don't like that so be honest about it so i appreciate these leftists in new york cheering for hamas i am i appreciate that they're telling me they feel that yeah.
2: way i mean how many of them are they, are they really cheering for hamas
1: And new york literally Sep- mm, like almost, almost every rally they're cheering for Hamas. I
2: know that there's, again, you know, we talked about this before the show. I know people involved in these Bro, rallies and stuff. And
1: explicitly cheering for Hamas. Yeah,
2: but I know there's a lot. I, I think that might that might just be being amplified because I know, again, and a lot then, of Jewish anti-war uh, activists. Absolutely. Are and this means organizing these things,
1: leading. These and things. that means your the people, you know, organizing things are handing microphones to people to cheer on Hamas.
3: What, what do you think? Like when you see like the like the, the leader of Hamas talking about like killing all. all the jews
2: what well, that's, that's, but, the, the spokesman that that was on recently but saying but that's not even they're the going to keep fighting i mean yeah that's not the point because the, the,
1: the point i'm making is this at almost all of these rallies in new york like times square specifically mm-hmm. i'm not talking about like grand central where it's people sitting down uh you have a woman get up and say our freedom fighters paraglided into israel and fired five thousand. OK, that's Hamas. And then yeah. you had one guy said, our freedom fighters kidnapped a whole bunch of hipsters. I'm sure they're I doing see great. that one. Yeah. The, the, but there's so many of these.
2: I don't think there's as many as you think. I th- again, I think this is being amplified because the, there's like an Internet propaganda war going on.
1: I think that's an look, um, right.
2: I mean, you see the big marches that the, the, the what is that from the river to the sea. The, mean? That means that uh, from Jordan, the Jordan River uh-huh. to the Mediterranean Sea. Palestinians will have equal rights. That's what that that's where I that chant came from. I don't believe yeah, that. That's, one that's, second.
3: That is that is like defund the police doesn't really mean defund the police. It
2: absolutely yeah. I mean, meant. You defund could read the- okay, this. so hold on. I mean, hold this, on. this is
1: so so from the river to the sea. You're saying mm-hmm. does not mean the abolition of the Jewish state.
2: Uh, it could mean it to some people if they want one state that's not a Jewish state. That 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 could mean that it means different things to different people. I know the Likud founding document says basically from Jordan to the sea. You know it will be israeli uh sovereign territory so there
3: but there are there are arabs in in the Knesset, right there are arabs that are mm-hmm. in the in the parliament in israel if the palestinians had the had control over israel and it was palestine there wouldn't be jews I mean, that's like, what I don't buy. I and I don't. I, I mean, I understand. There's people that are going to say, "Oh, they wouldn't." Blah blah blah. I don't buy it for a second. And the reason I don't is because there are an if Hamas, right? If the attack on the seventh, if Hamas were like super soldiers, they would have killed everybody.
2: But they're not. No, and they're, they're not. Also... But
3: there are enough mm-hmm. people that hate all the Jews in in the Middle East to kill all the Jews. Well, there's like sixteen million Jews on earth.
1: let's let's slow down. Max brought this up. He said they want to return to their ancestral homeland. Right. Mm. Okay. So w- what does that mean? If if Israel removes the barriers of Gaza and says everyone is now free to move about the country, what happens? What do I think would happen if uh, Israel took down all of the fencing around Gaza and said uh-huh. everyone in Gaza, you are now free to move out the country?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what would happen. But I would, know would.
1: Would the people that Max said want their ancestral land back? Try to get it
2: back? I think some people might. Some, but it's some people. It's a realistic thing. Like I I agree that the kind of the right of return that the people the children of refugees in Gaza that want to go back to you know their homes that their parents or grandparents were kicked out of is not really a realistic thing but, I mean, we're talking about a peace deal, essentially, that, that wouldn't happen if them just opening the fence and letting them them go. I, I'm not saying that's They need happen. to negotiate that, you I know, get a that, real but peace. but that's not the point. The point is— But the is, more that this keeps going on and they keep killing children, that, but, but I mean— But
1: n- now you're shifting away from what I'm talking okay. about. My point is, when protesters say from the river to the sea, mm-hmm. you are giving them the benefit of the doubt when what you're giving them makes literally no sense as to their own arguments. Mm-hmm. If their argument is a right to return to land, which currently has houses and families living in it, then you would argue that the the nicest way to to view it is that they will come enter those homes and say we live here now too
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay that that absolutely will, will will result in violence
2: yeah i mean the thing is like when it comes to a one state solution the the what the things that israel's doing in the west bank right now they're still kicking people out of their homes especially since things popped off on october 7th You know, a thousand Palestinians have been kicked out of their houses by by settlers. I'm not. I'm not here. I know you're not saying that, but you're talking talking about leftists. Right now, if they just open it, but leftists. But we're we're talking about protests in the United States.
1: Yeah. Where they're either explicitly defending Hamas, because it's what we're we're talking about. I said you've got people protesting in in support of Hamas. I think that's a
2: very small minority.
1: And then I said, what does "River to the Sea" mean? uh Because you have high school students chanting it. And if the argument is Palestinians will have equal rights, that would mean people in Gaza can freely move about the country, correct? Mm-hmm. And the right of return is explicitly they want the land back, which means you have no other, the from, from the river to the sea, in the nicest interpretation means mass violence in Israel. No, it doesn't. How do it's you get your land means. back? Are they going to go and, and file? Uh, are they gonna well, that's it?
2: assuming that that's the deal that, okay, you guys can have your houses back. That's not going to be the deal. They're so, not just going to let people, okay, you could go now, go run, you know. So the
1: argument would be that That's from the just, river to the sea just literally means they want to try and, and get go to Tel Aviv.
2: It means equal rights. Yeah, they want to go to the beach. That's something kids in the West Bank always say is that they want to go see the beach. They can't go see the beach. They live under military occupation. Their entire life is under control of the Israeli military. And, you know, we talk about what happened on October 7th. Um, you know, there was an attempt at nonviolent protests in 2018 and 2019. Called the Great March of Return, where they just walked to the border fence. <clears throat> and some people were throwing rocks and lighting stuff on fire, but mostly. See, Max didn't mention that. It was an unarmed protest. Of course. Ma-
1: Max said they started shooting protesters. Yeah, of course. He, it didn't, he didn't mention that. No, but that they,
2: were were North North Palestinians. Palestinians. they were shooting protesters. Sure, they were shooting unarmed rocks. people. I know. They shot, they shot Max, somebody in a wheelchair. Right. And, they and, and, shot women, uh, medics, very clearly, medics, journalists. I, 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 They killed know, hundreds my, of
1: people. My, my uh, simple thing for all of this is I literally, as it pertains to American policy, don't care about the moral arguments of war in foreign lands mm-hmm. because the argument is we can't adjudicate this for them. We are not the world police. I agree, yeah. And so whenever it devolves into like, yeah, but Israel or Gaza, I'm just like, you know what? America's not supposed You're to be right, involved. You're but in you were it's... asking those questions. But my, 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 I'm not asking the questions uh-huh. about the, what the, what Israel is doing in the West Bank versus Palestine. I'm asking about Americans here at rallies are, are are protesting in support of Hamas. And you said, I think it's a small group. My argument is if if, if the argument is only a smaller people our are cheering, our government is helping Israel small, blow up apartment
2: buildings and kill children. Literally, our government's doing this. You guys are worried about you know the war on terror being turned in on the right wing. I mean, and, this, and is and this is what the to war what on terror about. looks like. What I'm saying um, why is, why are you focusing on these c- college kids chanting this stuff when our not college, government people is in doing New York a mass city not slaughter? Kids. Right. These now. are these. Are, okay.
1: See, this, this, this is this is my point. This is what it devolves into. My attitude. My argument is there are people in the United States who are advocating for extreme. Uh, 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 look, if 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 a pro palestine activist comes to me, and let me. Finish. Everybody, okay. If a pro-Palestinian activist comes to me and says, "From the river to the sea," and then they're like, "We will return to our land and we will have this back," I go, "Okay." And they go, "Help! Help! They're killing our kids!" I'll be like, "Bro, like, what do you? What? Mm-hmm. There's a war going on where Hamas just killed a bunch of kids, and now Israel's killing more civilians because they're bombing things." But you came out and cheered for it. You can't come to me and cheer for the murder of civilians Mm -hmm. and then be angry that Israel's killing civilians because I'm like, you guys are in a war and one side has power. It has nothing to do with me. Don't cheer for civilian death and then cry about civilian death later. I I don't believe you.
2: I agree with that. I don't think they should cheer civilian death. Again, I do think that's a small minority. And the, the
1: problem is, the same argument is made by people in support of Israel, where they're like, "Israel's not trying to kill civilians. They were attacked, and they're retaliating, take out commanders and and leaders. And now you're 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 highlighting these civilians. Mm-hmm. No, no, all civilian deaths are bad. Yeah. The, so here's where Israel wins the PR war.
2: Oh, one thing I want to mention. So you had Rechtenwald on the other day, and he mentioned that there was some evidence that on October seventh and the fighting that happened a few days after IDF uh, killed the IDF killed some Israelis. And he didn't have a citation for that. So that's actually something that Max Blumenthal covered at the gray zone, but he cited Israeli media. And again, this is just evidence that some of the civilians might've been killed by the Israeli military. And that's, that's I, a,
1: so So here's the issue I had with that, okay. not that he was wrong. It's that if he said there's a, th- th- there's been reports, it's possible when the IDF came in fog of war, they yeah. didn't know who was shooting who, and that there was friendly fire. I'd say, well, that happens all the time. Of course. He said they were they were they were bombing uh, yeah. houses and 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 shooting but, people, but to come out and be like the IDF was killing their own people and, and bombing houses—it's just I like, do he whoa. said.
2: I mean, uh, that's I, I just didn't get that vibe from the way Recknwald said it, but maybe I'm just biased because I. So not.
1: so here, here, here's my view. I, I am I am the United States. I don't mean like I am literally yeah. the. I mean like me here. I am a U.S. citizen, and I see the Israeli side, the Palestinian side, and I'm like, man, I, I see civilians dying. This is bad. Mm. Two things. First, uh. The left and the pro-Palestinian side has lied about too much. I'm not I'm not a historian on, on Israel, Gaza. They said a hospital was bombed. Lie. They said that a refugee camp. wasn't a lie. The hospital wasn't bombed. Well, it was. They said it was decimated. They said that the, the, they, well, the le- building was uh, level. Who said what when that, that on, report happened that night? I, uh, a lot of people. Rashida Tuley, A lot of
2: people said a lot of things. Five, yeah.
1: what was it? 500 people died mm. and a hospital was decimated. And then the whole conversation was what could have blown up a hospital. And they was like, oh, it was a parking lot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so I think. So,
1: then, then the refugee camp. Oh, actually, it's not a refugee it, I mean, camp. They, they it's, are
2: refugees, technically. Oh, right,
1: technically, but it was there, actually a and city. And there was a lot of so, civilians
2: there, and the IDF admitted it. There's a reason why so, they. But the you're people talking are, about lying. Like, if we're, if you're not going to trust them because they lie all the time, the mm. I, the Israeli government also lies you're, you're, all the time. You are correct, and now, yeah. here's
1: the problem: as me in the United States, who's not a historian, the, the the people on the left in support of Palestine lie about these things, mm. and then I ask the question: Is is Israel being honest? You just said Israel admitted to bombing a, a refugee village. So what what Israel is winning in the PR war is they're saying, I'm sorry that this is happening. It's war. It's terrible. We did this. Yes. And I'm like, wow, they admitted it. Then Israel says we are desperately trying not to kill civilians. And I say, OK, I hear that. Then you get people on the pro uh, pro Palestine side in New York cheering for the killing of civilians and then coming out and be like, help, help. They're killing civilians.
2: Hamas is also saying that they didn't mean to kill civilians that, you know, so. If you're going to argue that Israel, Hamas they come is out,
3: saying that they didn't mean to kill civilians.
2: That's what Israel's saying, and they're slaughtering civilians right now. Look no, at no, no, what's no, happening no, but, no, but
3: you, you did say Hamas is yeah, saying that they I'm, did I'm not mean to kill civilians. To, civili- what, to civilian. what he
2: said, yeah, right. Okay, okay, I just want to make sure they, that you, they said it was in the crossfire. Okay. The Hezbollah guy, you know, he's not Hamas, obviously. He's I don't Hezbollah. believe Hamas. Okay, that's but, fine, but, but no, 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 because <laughs> you don't because because have to believe. I don't believe them either, Phil.
1: Phil, settlers don't believe them either. That's, that, that's, that's what they said, but, right? Settlers no, they, are not, settlers they admitted that <laughs> s- civilians were killed. No, 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 but settlers are not civilians. This is an argument made, made by a Yale professor to yeah. justify the attacks Hamas committed. Yeah. My point is simply this. I'm not here to tell you who is right or who is wrong. I'm telling you the PR war is being won by Israel
3: because Israel is-, is cons- I, I think
2: right now they're losing.
3: That's only on the internet. I
1: mean, yeah, that, I don't think so. I mean, we had, uh, when we were talking to Stephen Marsh earlier, he said, you realize the left died this month. Because of what because of Palestine, because of because of the activists tearing down the flyers, because uh, or I I believe that was the the larger insinuation is because of what we're seeing with uh, like Amy Schumer, for instance, reposting campus reform like a conservative campus publication. (laughs) We are seeing mainstream celebrities now posting right wing things and actually saying, wow, we were wrong about the left. I can't believe we were so wrong. Because of how many people have, like, BLM posting the paraglider. Yeah, Yeah, that's stupid. We we definitely got to go to Super Chat. Okay, but I
2: I would just say, you know, with this, we see the same tactics that the left deploys when it comes to Israel. Criticism of Israel is always called anti-Semitic. I agree.
1: 18
4: plus.